0: Dogs, swab the decks and hoist the sails. The guns on board be needing some proper madam. Pieces of eight and a fine wench on your arm. If you work, be not too shoddy. Careful not to flounder too badly, though, or you may have to dance the and jig as we see you to David Jones.
1: The Jeffy, my boy, on with the show.
2: Welcome everybody, friends, folks, foes, and fellow pirate mates, to this week's Friday night feature installment of our radio podcast. It's episode number 210. I'm your host as always, Robin Hood's Chief Communications Officer, Jaffe Ryder. We have got a great live stream in store for you here this go-round. our guest is returning once again, as he does quite routinely now. We're making a bit of a ritual of things. For whatever reason, I guess it just seems to make a whole lot of sense, but... Uh, none other than Al Borealis. He is, in fact, the uh, producer and host of Forum Borealis, yogi, poet, and philosophers. So, here he is. Uh, Join us for his annual visit via Svalbard, Norway. Hope I got that Uh name right it's not always the easiest thing to pronounce it's been a whole year once again clearly we have a great deal of catching up to do along with various esoteric and mystically themed topics all things current events will likely be on the table as well just a quick overview regarding Forum Borealis Uh, describes itself as a a paradigm expanding podcast conducting old school, long form, conversational, in depth interviews, exploring controversial, marginalized, innovative, obscure, anomalous, and system critical topics within history, culture, philosophy, science, and politics with the most interesting authors, scholars, researchers, and free thinkers of the day. So uh, we've added all of their social media links to the YouTube show description area. Encourage people, of course, simply to, as they click on the main link, check out what we have available down there in the pull-down area part of the menu. Uh, probably gonna run actually for a couple hours this go round as well. Too. Al likes the long format approach, so he's also gonna be one taking a lot of questions from you, the listener. Be sure to uh pay as close attention to the conversation as possible. Be sure as well, too, to call in. Uh Pirate One Radio at gmail.com That's once again Pirate One Radio at gmail dot com here via Skype. It's how you can reach us and have your questions fielded, voices heard. Make your thoughts known. Maybe you have a criticisms or compliments. It all really just depends on uh, where you stand on any of these issues. Uh, presuming, of course, as always, there's a few of you out there who do have uh, a number of things to add to the mix. So, before we turn our sights to feature guest, I'll just like to remind people, WPRPN.com is the website you'll want to drop by. Sign up is free. All you Simply need is a username, email, and password. Password, and you'll be off to the races. So, uh, uh, pyro1radio at protonmail is what we use for PayPal donations. And just like to say as well too that big word of appreciation to both Dana Shiver and Janie Walker, who once again have stepped up and and delivered in a big way, showing the boys how it's done. Uh, We'll get more into that maybe this coming Tuesday. When we have, of all people, if you can believe this, Al... Brooks Agnew is going to be dropping by. He's a name and uh, personality, someone uh, who's familiar to you. I, I know because I was just listening to one of your archive shows uh, a number of minutes ago. As a matter of fact, what a what a, a conversationalist, raconteur, scholar, uh, Renaissance man in, in many ways he is. So, uh, thanks for joining us here once again, Al, and and how about that Brooks Agnew synchronicity?
3: Hey, man. Thank you very much for dragging me off at these ungodly hours.
2: 5 a.m. <laughs> 5 a.m. in Oslo. Well, <laughs> that's the way it goes, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Are you Are you all coffeeed up and ready to
3: go? Ah, uh, so much. We'll make the best of it. Okay.
2: So, yeah, uh, you know hey it's it's been a year i'm not sure if you had a chance mm-hmm. to revisit any of our archived material um i know i've made a few notes here just as far as talking points are concerned but i think for the most part you're the kind of guy who really likes the free flowing unimpeded just natural conversation between two mm-hmm. people with with folks out there in the peanut gallery and and then so forth to, you know, occasionally engage and, and interact with us. And it's something I always find quite uh, energizing really. And uh, one of the reasons why, I mean, this is by and large, it's a free public service is what we offer here twice a week. Mm -hmm. uh, Ensuring to our listeners, our audience members, that we're going to be here come hell or high water. uh, We're going to be here, and if we're not then clearly it's, there's things have really gone amiss but with the news show Tuesday nights and the Friday night feature interviews each and every week, same time as always, 8pm Pacific Standard Time, 11 out on the East Coast, and that is of course Wednesdays and Saturdays 1 p.m. here in the Tokyo and Seoul time region. So, but uh, yeah, there we go. Brooks Agnew, you know, um, well, there's a few things I like to say, or rather, maybe just ask you about him, but there's a whole lot more that I think, first of all, why don't you let our listeners in on on uh who you are exactly for those who have not heard (laughs) your show courtesy of forum borealis and uh you know i gave a bit of an overview description of your production just a a few moments ago but uh you know there's no i'm sure you could do a, a little better than that even as far as providing details is concerned
3: so you want me to talk about the show?
2: Sure, is- the show, yourself, how, how it all got launched, what made you actually take the initiative and thinking that, you know, you would, you would be somebody who would have the time and energy in right. putting something like that together.
3: Well, I actually never thought that. It was more a question of, I had some summer of 15, I think it was. I had some free time on my hands and uh, I've always had interesting conversations with uh, what I would call big shots in different areas. Um, so I uh, always have the feeling that, you know, when we had a very interesting conversation, I have the feeling that shit, I, there should be a mic on the wall, <laughs> a fly on the wall. If others could be here now and hear this, Uh, But that summer, I, uh, just for the hell of it, you know, this was back in the day when every, uh, it's just five years ago, but it feels like a century ago because there was no such thing as censorship, uh, manipulative algorithm, etc. Anybody could do it, anybody could make it if they had something to offer. Uh, The name YouTube was still relevant. was before they sold it to Alphabet, Google. So I just put on, uh, I think it was Joseph Farrell or Peter Lavender was one of the first. I I wanted to talk with them and what better excuse than to put the recording out there, right? So I never had in mind an audience or commercial or being influenced. I never thought it would lead anywhere, but maybe a few hundred, but that's okay. I wanted to talk with these guys. I was annoyed listening to Coast to Coast uh, or, or even verse stations and why are they never asking them this question, that question, the right questions, right? So I did that and it turned out the first shows really grew organically because stuff could grow then. Now, of course, all growth is... Strangled. So, whatever number you wear on before YouTube launched their own their new system is about where you will be, unless you manage to bypass the algorithm and get something up viral. But something viral should usually involve babies or cats and never supersede five minutes. So, so yeah. Uh, but I've given up on that anyway. I'm uh, since last we spoke two things have happened, pandemic, <laughs> and we're on podcast platforms, which I don't think you are, actually, or are you?
2: We're losing you there, Al, you're uh, fading out, I'm not sure if you've backed off from the mic, or or what exactly. Really? Yeah. So you can't hear me? Oh, no, 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 you're you're good now, I'm not sure if you're, like, leaning back in your chair, or...
3: Oh, okay, yeah. i will come closer. So, did you hear everything I said?
2: Uh just we that oh yeah fine just that last sentence there was a question or some point you that you made
3: i was saying that two things have happened since last we spoke one is the pandemic right the second is that we're out on podcast platforms and uh, i was saying i don't think you are or are you
2: podcast platforms meaning
3: yeah like like um uh, what's it called uh itunes iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff.
2: You know, Spotify picked us up for some reason. I'm not too clear on why that is exactly. Uh, I'll just leave that aside for the time being. Uh, But uh,
3: It's it's only one of of two reasons. Either you are on another podcast platform, which Spotify intercepts because they have a deal with them, or it's just some dude uploaded your stuff there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's very well what it could be, I suppose. But iTunes, you know, we don't have the technical ability here, uh, speaking for myself at least, that I've struggled with it. And my duty here, frankly, and uh, the res- list of responsibilities is endless. And with this iTunes business, just we've been just kind of struggling to have someone who can really come through for us in a, in a big way and get us uh, reconnected over there because we had uploaded around 100 shows, as I recall, and then things fell apart because we switched from Podomatic over to archive.org. There, Podomatic was jerking us around, basically, in a number of different ways, credit card issues, and the fact that uh, we couldn't even edit the shows that we we're uploading, things like that. So, uh, which kind of goes together to, oh, there was a, there was, there was more than that too, believe me, where they were actually, uh, they were giving credit for our shows. It was, they were leading people to have the impression because of the pirate name that it was, they were dovetailing our content with, Uh, this mixed martial artist character who who is a he's a pirate guy as well who's appeared on the joe rogan show uh which tells you right there i mean as if this is somebody who really needs any more promotion than he's already got i mean who wouldn't love to to you know be a guest on uh, joe's show obviously wouldn't that
3: go both ways wouldn't you get some listeners from that
2: Nah, i don't think so no it was a one-way street so that basically with traffic that was directed onto where we were that it was just going directly to him not it kind of like you know the way youtube is where when our show finishes up if you watch like a replay of our show and this might work with i uh, I I'd, I'd, with yours as well too potentially I mean, It it I mean, goes off to another another uh Item that's been uploaded with like ten bazillion views in place already, rather than helping out the little people,
3: you know. It's a part of it's a part of the new algorithm. If you if you let something be on autoplay, no matter what it is, Uh, eventually it will end up. Usually, just a few steps, it will end up to one of the mainstream channels like MSNBC b b c fox um you know one right of away and that's this that's is that's not that's not a hypothesis or anything it's a matter of fact
2: yeah i'm not it's, open. Uh, it's pretty i I'm not too happy with the whole business the way that's that's set up and in a place that's the way they've got it though, and that was one of the things in fact that uh that now here's another character that I was listening to as a matter of fact the guy that not just brooks but also who you talk to the the guest what was his name now is not he's not someone who uh by god I mean I, I tell you he knew his stuff as well too I can't go through the archives here cuz the the uh, storage device has been uh disconnected but talking about social media and the digital kind of deceptions um it was a two part series that you put together. Do you remember the oh, one
3: of my shows?
2: Yes. Yes. Talking so about what So what was the topic? So social media, algorithms, digital.
3: Uh, uh Cliff High?
2: Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. Oh it's Cliff High. And you did you've done so many uh interviews with the guy, haven't you? It's crazy. I mean he's your top yeah, yeah. guest, I guess, really.
3: As far as oh, I Yeah, can tell. maybe. Or Farrell. Or, or Lavender. Um Yeah, and we have a few um, returnal guests and more is coming. Uh, we just had Richard Dolan back on. I actually did another one with Brooks Agnew, but it's been in editing forever, and uh, eventually it will come out. But what we did there, yeah, because I remembered Boo Brooks Agnew back in the Ron Paul days, where he had some very good prolactical perspectives, and he was he made a book about the... Agencies, that part of the deep state, the bureaucratic agencies and all the power. I think it's called um, an a, a alienated nation or something. I, I forgot. But so I had him on. But unfortunately, he was deeply lost in the partisan uh, hackery at that point. So uh, we went we went agreeing a lot, which is very interesting. So I will get that show out there. <laughs> uh, who, is was, who is this who is this oh really talking about him. yeah yeah he's
2: yes. kind of a, he's a bit of a he's a kind of a trumper isn't
3: he oh kind of a. he's fully maga lost in maga land. i tried to for example earlier he was he was you know back in the day when uh, ron paul was a thing he was not partisan he was being honest and Balanced and truth and objective seeking, but now you know, as soon as you become partisan, and that's one of the big problems today, politically speaking, people more and more people are sucked into the partisanship, and that's what they want. Well, if you hate the demo, hang on, hang on, I'm in the middle of a reasoning. If you hate the democrats, they will applaud you if you become a partisan republican. They don't, they, that's not against them, they want that. The same with the Republicans. They will applaud you if you become a partisan Democrat. Why? Because they need people sucked into that false dichotomy. And they know they can't get 100%. They know that very well. They know there will always be 50-50, which is how this scheme, this cornering works.
2: We're going to be talking to The morons,
3: but the more, bro- mor- hang on, I'm, I'm going getting to Brooks, but the morons who support them, they don't uh, understand that. They think they can get like everyone on, on over to their side if they just do enough hackery and attack on the other side and that's what the powers that be wants because it's really just one party you know brooks he had to do lots of mental gymnastics when i had him on to interview him about politics because at that point it was already obvious that trump had sold out that he wasn't very much better than the powers that be so I confronted him, for example, with the um, way uh, Trump is uh, licking the ass hair of the Saudi uh, Satanists. And he tried to defend that. And, you know, how they're also kissing Jewish, uh, or I should say, Israeli asses, stuff like that. So he didn't come off too well from that show, I have to say. That's my opinion. People can judge uh, as they want. Those who are 100%. Trumpist would probably love it, but he did a very phenomenal job in when we didn't discuss politics, when we discussed physics and um, yeah, the, the Hollow Earth thing and all that stuff. That's something he'd been working with forever, so I respect him on that area.
2: Hollow Earth, yeah, that was a great uh, two-part series. So yeah. uh, really, you know, because I'd I'd heard the Lavenda interviews before, and it's it's, it's kind of He mostly just, you know, if once you've heard a few of his shows, it's uh, as as with Joseph Farrell, it's a rehashing of the same material by and large. So it was great to on the
3: topic, though. No, it depends on the topic. Yeah, it depends on the topic.
2: Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they'll they'll take you on a real deep dive. That's that's why they're so well known. As uh, experts in their field, but uh, it it was just refreshing to uh, you know with, with Brooks to really listen closely to the exchange of ideas the two of you had and and Cliff High as well. Now what I was going to say about uh, Brooks is that we've got him coming up here this Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's uh, 11 out on the East Coast. Uh, that. Uh, and Wednesdays, don't forget, folks. Have, always have people ask, and it's like it's, <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to make this clear. But uh, especially the people who I could, I'm almost certain I've had, you know, presented this information to time and time again. But yeah, one p.m. Uh, in Tokyo and Seoul time zones uh, on Wednesdays when when that'll be, of course, too. But with Brooks, it'll mostly be focusing probably on the election and uh and and covid of course and maybe if, if your interview with him regarding the hollow earth i thought would be interesting just a quick uh overview of that but what do you think what do you think of the election results you think it was for, uh, clean and uh, fair and square or do the people that are complaining the republicans and let's not forget there's others as well, too, that are just objective, uh, neutral observers that are calling uh, bullshit in a in a lot of ways, too. Uh, hence the you know hundreds of affidavits that we're seeing now uh, issued and put forward. But I mean, maybe you've got a different way of looking at things as far as the, the recent uh, presidential oh, election was you concerned.
3: Can, you can count on that. You'll never get the run of the mail view for me, because I'm, I don't care if everybody is disagreeing with me. You will never get anything else than my honest take on things. And since I am making an art out of never falling into the partisan trap, e- e- either people will love what I say or they will hate what I say, <laughs> depending on how partisan they are themselves. No uh, shenanigans... If I think it was an honest election, it hasn't been an honest election since the 90s, maybe the 60s. So why would it be any different this time? The interesting thing this time is that it seems that the morons on the Republican side are waking up to it. Of course, they think it's just now and it's just Trump. Um, But if it can help... Shedding light on the mockery that is American elections, the most unfree democratic state in the world, sure, it's a good thing. Uh, Unfortunately, this whole area is ridden with uh, fake news, and not just on the mainstream side, where they say nothing to see here, everything is fine, Uh, but also on the MAGA side, or I should say the... As you know, I'm not a Q anon. In fact, I despise the whole Q anon thing. Not the followers. I can understand that they need hope, but unfortunately, it's a it's a fucking um, interlop. The whole thing. It's so great because if you can funeral, if because those people who support Q anon are, per definition, anti-establishment, power critical. Uh, leaning people now so if you can co-opt that hijack it into a bubble of bullshit first off so so outlandish that you will never get the mainstream to support it that's very important in the intel games that anytime they want to squash voices uh, oppositions you have to isolate them put them into a bubble an echo chamber where when people are sleepwalkers from the outside, they just look like these insane dogs. So that's number one. And number two, you have to influence, you have to control the voices that influence them. And in QAnon is perfect because they don't have to corrupt someone, uh, pressure, uh, blackmail, buy, bribe someone. <laughs> It's unknown, right? So they can just feed the bullshit directly without having any accountability voice. So that's the tragedy here, that it's so much rumors and bullshit that has no root in reality. And you would think, okay, let's just lean back and wait until they see that the prediction doesn't come true. Then they will wake up, abandon it and move on to a more healthy outlet in the same vein. But that doesn't happen because they've been studying cults and sects forever, (laughs) including the biggest sect of all called society, and they know how to make this thing going. So every time uh, doomsday uh, prophecy, whatever, doesn't come through, they find the most lame excuses and the people rationalize it to make it, to excuse it, to justify it. Because, and here's the thing, they're not following it because of The truth of it or or the honesty of it or the research of it or whatever. It's because they have already made an emotional decision, like a faith-based, I'm already decided I'm a Catholic. So if the priest is uh, grabbing his little boy's penises, I'll find, uh, you know, it was just that one case or no, no, it's the lying media or no, it was God's will. You see what I mean? That's how it works. And when they can do stuff like that, when they can have people divided into partisan hacks, hackery, two wings that attack each other, while those who control both wings are the same people, if you can do that, and in addition, take the most extreme of them, the most angry of them, the most rebellious of them, and funnel it into a black hole of nonsense and bullshit, and, and isolate them from the rest, so you that you can even start hunting them down and censoring them like they did with Alex Jones, then you will rule forever. So in my view, those people who are wanting sincere changes on the left or the right, because they are on both wings, because it's not a left versus right. It's a establishment versus the populace. So, I don't care which populism you follow. If you do follow a populism, you have to realize that you are on the same side as the other one who has another um, opinion about value-based, cultural-based things because that's what they use. They're using culture and identity politics to seduce us. I know I've been bitching about this before too when I've been on your show, but it's, it's, it's more... Actual now than ever. Look, just look at the new Biden administration. What is that? It is the war machine and the multinational corporation machine. It is the neocons and neolibs, the worst of the worst, only in a plural wrapping. Oh, we're going to, this time we're going to have a female dropping the bombs. Oh, this. Time you're going to have a coloured people uh, screwing your salary, etc. So, identity politics is what they are using. It's 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 the interesting the, uh, gift that never stops giving to the rulers that be. on both sides, by the way, there's just as much identity politic on the right. Someone on the right says no. Uh, I don't care, this guy uh, has the wrong religion or this guy, this person is uh, not against abortion or or this person is uh, the wrong uh, ethnicity, then I don't care. Uh, I would rather go against him than the man at the top who's screwing the both of us. So you see, identity politics, culture politics, it's never been this bad, Never. The further back in time you go, the more it actually doesn't exist almost. <laughs> and that's why politics is much worse now than it ever was, even in the back in the day when there wasn't as much options when it came to uh, news sources.
2: Just going to give a shout out to the folks we have joining us here. Via the interwebs, of course, we are harnessing the restream technology, so we are able to uh, hit a handful of different platforms over the course of this week's live stream. Episode number 210 of Pyre Radio Podcast. Our host, uh, myself your host, the Robin Hood's Chief Communications Officer, Jaffe Ryder, with our return guest, Via Svalbard, Norway. Al B, host of the Forum Borealis podcast. Uh, A lot of great shows archived. If people take the time to check out the show description area, uh, his Podbean website, actually, that, that. Link was quite handy, and we found there was a lot that we were able to access as far as the content is concerned so but let's quickly just give a shout out to the folks we see here via youtube barbecue Jim Jane E Walker, Dick Saka Yehovah, first time listener. It's eleven eleven isn't that something, Mr. or Mrs. Yehovah. So uh, Ed Kaufman. Glad to be here. Says Ed, longtime follower of Forum Borealis, Alice. Uh an ex cult and Yeah. Hang on. Oh, hang on a second. We got you. We got the channel. We gotta open your channel up here, uh, Al. <laughs> we 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 actually shut typically we we try to to reduce on noise and interference and all that kind of uh not so wonderful stuff we we mute uh the guest channel while we're doing our little uh interjections with description and and rundown of different uh you know with information and so forth but yeah ed is saying here he's an ex-cultist and that you do know each other he was a member of the unification church the moonies for 36 years Had his awakening in 2014 on the bright side of things ed i'd I guess that you managed to pick up a, a free Korean wife, more or less, uh, presumably, uh, not that all Moonies are Koreans necessarily. I, my understanding is they are in abundance as well over in Japan and, and the U.S. as well, too. So, uh, But that he found the Forum Borealis uh, podcast and Al because of... Uh, his shows on Mar- Martin Borman. So Kiwi Bear with Musa. Professor Bauer saying that it's about ideology. Trump was losing a deep state act, somewhat similar to JFK, Watergate, and Reagan taking a bullet. Uh, who else do we have? Well, Forum Borealis as well, too. Yeah, sure. That's great that you're joining us there in, in the YouTube area have you heard about speaking of jfk and uh, trump versus the deep state what looks like maybe his last few days in office possibly then again maybe not uh i i do believe my way of seeing things that there still remains clearly a path to victory for him and it would not be unprecedented there's been two other administrations uh, both, I think, in the 19th century, which did uh, pursue a similar course via the Supreme Court and ultimately even the House of Representatives is the way it works. I don't know if you know about that or not, Ed. But an N A N S A M uh, number 57. I know you had Daniel Litz. Litz, I believe is how you pronounce his name, the dark journalist on your show. A while back, I've yet to hear the interview, listen to it, but that's probably one of the first things I'll do after we finish our conversation. I've had him on
3: is, twice.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> what a great guy. What a, what a, what, let he, me, he let me give a shout yeah. out
3: to Bauer, sure. Pro- Professor Bauer and yeah. Ed Kaufman. Those oh. two names ring bells indeed. Uh, Kaufman, I think, is um, a member of my uh, – he's a subscriber to my site. I think that because, yeah, I've seen that name many times. Uh, I think it's there. Uh, So um, great having you on board. I hope we get uh, a comment and question from you, Ed. Bauer is the chap. You know, we've tried to get you on my show forever (laughs) because of that damn, what's it called? Um, uh, An alternative to Skype. What's it called? Everybody uses it these days.
2: Oh, Discord, Discord.
3: No, it's something Zoom, else, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, <clears throat> I've tried to. I wanted to make a joint show with you and Bauer. Um, in in fact, I I think you two go. You should have Bauer on. Yeah, sure. in, Regardless of me, and he mm-hmm. should have you on too. Uh, he yeah. has his own, um, just like you. That's <laughs> a great voice for radio. And he also has, uh, and he's pretty bright, and I haven't listened to too much of him, but what I have listened to is is solid stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you guys would play nice together, but let's just give up that project because it doesn't work. So you, before we hang up today, Jaffe, I, I need to make an appointment with you to get you on. And then if if Bauer want to come on my show, I'll just have a one to one with him too, because this joint thing hasn't worked for a year now. Well, much much to do with Zoom, of course. But. Well,
2: and let's not forget we've got Operation Secret Santa coming up here once again in just oh boy, it's uh, ten days as a matter of fact, based on what we're looking at here via South Korea. So we kick off each and every year, December 15th. It's a 10-day campaign. Uh, And what we ask of other... Now, I know you don't live stream, but you've heard us talk about this in the past, that uh, we're working on bringing on board as many people as we can to essentially uh, pay it forward or pass on the baton pick up the baton from others and and pass it forward, pledge as much live streaming time as they can in support of uh, this Operation Secret Santa World Charity uh, Campaign Outreach and Relief Talent Telethon Christmas Extravaganza. So we have a web link at the top of our website, WPRPN. Dot com it's an open source project as is pretty much the rest of the entire network so that if you've got more to add to things and uh it's it it's a good idea and it, it, it seems that it'll work. we can definitely incorporate that and uh, use that to better you know beef up and improve the community and its general overall uh, functioning ability. Shall we say? So yeah, no, we're look, man, as you probably know, we're open to talking to pretty much whoever is out there that is has a interesting story to share with us, or is a personality of some sort with um something that our listeners will find in some way intriguing or captivating, uh, and, and takes them hopefully on a journey where uh, they have never been uh, up up until this point in time. So uh, typically we look for one big name via social media, someone who's, uh, you know, like we had Jordan Maxwell on a number of months ago, he would qualify. Uh, and immediately, of course, he picks up thousands of views. Whereas a lot of the other folks that we book, uh, it's, you know, we're lucky to get a couple hundred in the course of a, a few weeks, let's say, if it's a yes, good show. But,
3: but there's two things to say about that. One, it's because you are hardcore idealists. You're not into this for neither the ego nor the money nor anything like that. And, of course, <laughs> that's being punished by all the world's algorithms. Second, uh, you don't do much to... Uh, I think, in my view, to, to promote it anyway. For example, you should be on a podcast platform. I, I'm starting to get as many listeners there as I had on YouTube. And I do recommend Podbean, which I oh, use because okay. it's – it's Yeah, because it's – Can, can we upload of,
2: our shows there is what you're saying?
3: Of course. Even videos. And it's and It's free. free? No, no, it's not free, but it's one of the cheaper ones. Well, they, yes, there it is free. They have a free solution, and then they have, like, tires, right? Yeah. So, next level, you pay a little. I pay, but not much, so it's one of the cheaper ones, and you get pretty, uh, what you say in English, good buck for your...
2: A good good bang, A decent bang for bang your for buck, your yeah. decent returns so, on your investment. So I
3: would recommend you flush it out on podcasts, too, because the thing with podcasts is that it's not as controlled yet as YouTube. I mean, they have their own uh, way to do things, but you can actually grow, and, and it's much more organic reach. Right. There. By the way, uh, I see Bauer... Gave the name of his show. Let's give that a shout out. It's Nexus Next, Nexus Nextcast, and it's pretty similar to your stuff, man. I'm telling you, you should you should uh, uh, cross pollinate, you guys. You 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 will get uh, his people, he will get yours, because it's you're part of the same thing, actually, very yeah. very similar. And 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 one more thing, Kaufman to, uh, reminded me. He helped me. Get Dolan back on my show because I had Dolan on early, early on. But then Dolan took off and became a big shot like Hancock, and it was impossible to reach him. But thanks to Ed, we he he noticed us again, and he, Dolan is very picky with he, whom he lets interview him these days. But fortunately, he remembered us, and yeah, so we got him back. That show is not yet out to the public, but it is out to our subscribers. And it will come out on a podcast because you may have noticed, uh, Jaffe, that our podcast channel has many, many more shows than our YouTube channel. In in fact, I think we have like 20, unre- uh, 20 shows unreleased on YouTube at the podcast platform.
2: Yeah, I didn't look at the numbers actually so much as I was interested in doing what I could to get my hands on the shows, downloading them and uh, having them archived here. So we have another, we have a lot of folders with your work here uh, throughout our digital library that we've put together over the years. So a big uh, thanks and word of appreciation for the work you've done. And in fact... Now, what is it that you look for as far as, uh, speaking of t- uh, tiers of, of support and so forth, you have a Patreon account in place. And uh, I-, I know with the introduction to your shows, whoever that sweet sounding uh, <laughs> angel is, probably your girlfriend. I'm not sure if that's the hot no babe no. that you've got sitting on your uh, very s- scantily clad... uh <laughs> <laughs> We've got that.
3: Is that is that pick uh, in this? Uh, oh yeah. In today's oh, it's show. it's
2: running. It should be it should be popping up from time to time. That's right. So you you dirty devil you. But uh, <laughs> oh boy, yeah. What a what a sweet thing. Uh, most definitely. Bella, so. yeah, she
3: gets a lot of uh, yeah uh, some hilarious comments from people. Yeah. I'm
2: guessing that's the same woman. I could be wrong. Just a young fair maiden and valkyrie type um, personality of. Or character of sorts but okay well that aside it's she talks about a dollar a dollar in donations for uh unlocking or accessing your content you have done for us what we do for others when we have people on our show everything is that we have to offer pretty much not everything but a lot of things is provided just it's not free it's complimentary mm-hmm. which is a way of if you know like when i would go uh in the past and do live stage performances with music that people talk about, oh, like a free beer, basically a free drink. It's not a free drink, folks. It's a complimentary beverage. Okay. It's a way of saying, all right, good job. We appreciate that. So it's the same thing from our end here that if we can give you something in return and just as a gesture, a way of saying thanks, we'll definitely do that. And that's why we have these subdomain URLs in place that you can come on board WPRPN.com. I don't think you've done this or signed up. There's two levels. There's the free w- approach, and then there's the other way. Uh, you should do both, of course, if you have the interest or time. And you just put together, like we've done with Jaffe's Man Cave. Let's take a look at that. That's an example of what you can do. And you've got a central social media hub with your all your basic links. You'd have your Podbean, Twitter, and uh, main form Borealis, one as well, too pictures and just an overview summary of what you're all about and there you go it just helps to direct traffic to your main websites via our uh it's like an information aqueduct it's not quite the the word way of via it's an infoduct of of sorts so anyways but uh pardon me
3: information aqueduct that's so an antique
2: well yeah and another thing too don't forget the whole and maybe one of the reasons ourselves and and mr professor kaufman here as a professor
3: professor bauer bauer yes
2: okay oh. might uh, uh you know strike up a bit of uh uh rapport is because as i was it came to me the other day probably while I was putting my coffee together in the kitchen that uh we're we're fully committed to lobbying as many liberty-fueled truth bombs as possible liberty-fueled truth bombs that's you know and that's central to our mandate so if we can uh if we can do i mean hey we're we're pirates right digital pirates out here on the high on the high uh the, the cyber seas Of the interwebs, did you know as well too that the word cyber comes from the Greek, meaning, to what exactly? Do you want me to tell you? Uh, Yeah, sure. It just cyber means to navigate or to steer. That's all Mm. it means. Think about Mm -hmm. that: to navigate Mm -hmm. or to steer. From the ancient, I think probably Koine Greek. So. So really, navigate,
3: navigate yeah. the high seas. Yeah. yeah. So uh, every pirate is a cyber.
2: There you go. Yeah, we're all commanders of our own little uh, ships out here on the high digital seas. So exactly. And what we're working on doing is helping to nurture the grassroots and form more of a, a populist, I suppose, really uh, armada of free thinkers, uh, which if for example, liberty-minded folk generally, but uh, that's neither here nor there, because ultimately, of course, it's up to everyone what they want to feel and, and reckon and decide regarding any number of the issues. All we can do is encourage to educate both ourselves and maybe at some point others, if uh, they are, you know, so feel so inclined with. The information we present but um something i was going to say now about oh god this business of you know there we go showing my age once again slip my mind it'll come back to me in a in a moment here or two but listen hey you know we've got some interesting talking points here and one i definitely want to get to because brooks you and, and and brooks he's he skipped it over right at the point where i was waiting for like you know the uh, like Tell me the story. What happened? What was going on? Your grandfather was a miner. Your grandfather was a my, miner.
3: My, my or his.
2: Well, he was a, he was a coal miner, supposedly. Is what what you're you're telling us there in in the, the oh, yeah, show?
3: My, my grandfather was a miner. No, not coal. It was um, silver. Uh... Did I did I talk about that on air? Wow.
2: Dude, dude, I mean, and he, that you were the only one who believed the story that he told you. The rest of your family laughed at him, maybe mocked him. He was a really serious guy, is the way you described. Oh yeah, him. you
3: want to hear that story,
2: dude? And he saw, he claimed to have seen something underground. We we didn't get the details. What did he tell you? This yeah. is important stuff.
3: Uh, I Iron pirate, they were mining. Does that, so it? Like
2: f- fool's that sounds like
3: Fools go. Fools go. Fools go. Indeed, Fool's God. <laughs> <laughs> and his grandson uh, dig the Now he was an agnostic. He you know, he was the he, he grew up in the twenties and the thirties, right? So it's completely different uh, century and, and zeitgeist. But he was an agnostic and uh, meaning uh, you know, the the whole that whole part of the family had no spiritual or religious. If anything, they were critical and against it. You know how religion and the church has been used to suppress and keep people in check. It's been a tool for the establishment, basically. You know, now they have mass media and Internet and all that in Hollywood. But back then, religion was opium for the people, to paraphrase Marx, which is true. I mean, there can be many opiums for the people. And I bet Ed Kaufman can uh, attest to this, having been in the moonies. Now, anyway, so he and he was he was a Virgo Virgo by sign. You know, they are very dry and down to earth, very particular. He never told stories or joked or anything like that. Not 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 his personality at all. But when he was a child, well, not a child. I think he was like 12, 14. They couldn't shop at the local store. Um, something about, I don't know if the credit was up or this was in the uh, during the depression. So they were not allowed to do that. They had to walk for, for a few hours to the closest um, to another place. And that was, you know, this is Norway, right? So there's a lot of nature. So this wasn't actually underground, but it was in the area where they were mining. And so he was walking with his mother uh, because his father was sick and they needed more food. So suddenly in the, the side of the road to what we call Nisse in our folk tales, but that's just a word, right? So... Who knows what this was, but it looks like old people, but they were small like children. And they were popping up from the side of the road, from the, um, and they were saying like, hoo, 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 hoo. Um, I'm just looking up a word here, sorry. Yeah, from the trench ditch at the side. And then they popped down again. And he was shocked and he pointed, look, mother, look at that. What's that? And it was so interesting. Her reaction was just like to ignore it. No, no, don't pay attention. And, and they were just walking on. And then it happened further ahead in the road again. You know, they would have to get up and run alongside them. If it was two children or, or two people doing this or If they were super fast, they probably could run into the forest and coming around again if they had uh, (laughs) super speed. And so they popped up again further ahead. And oh, look, mother, there it is again. Uh, Nothing to see here, son. Move on. (laughs) Her reaction is as weird as, as the phenomenon itself. And it happened a third time. I forgot the details around this, but basically that's the gist of it, that these two, and he described them to me, um, and they were clothed in what we call Nisse clothes. Now, Nisse is probably, in English, you have a, a notion for it, it's pretty close to what you call Santa's elves, because what we call elves is not what you call elves. Uh, so Santa's elves are like small Santa Clausers, right? With Where they have this um, top cap. So it was kind of that, but you know, that can be a projection. That can be how our locals were perceiving this stuff. That's what they grew up with, right? Stories about that. So whatever these creatures were that he, were, he was perceiving, he may have clothed them in, uh, you know, a 12-year-old child making sense of this phenomenon and his mother refused to discuss this with him in the future and he said to his dying day he said i have no idea what that was and you know it's it's just a big mystery for me and back then the world wasn't so industrialized and digitalized so you know today there's frequencies everywhere birds bees bats falling down from the sky whales, stranding, you know, insects. And that's because we are flushing our atmosphere and our space with different frequencies where we are uh, disturbing the natural order of things. So I, I think, and I'm not alone in this, that that contributes to these frequencies not being perceived anymore. Because I I think it's like a rift in the astral layer to put it in a magical language. It could be explained scientifically, but we have a a language for this from older days. So it's kind of where two worlds, two dimensions converge, so to speak. It's like, I don't think it's entirely physical, uh, but it's not like a mind phenomenon either. It's not... Psychological in that sense, it is an objective energy. You know, the closest thing you would get to understanding this is actually reading the old books of Jack Vallée, the UFO uh, researcher of all things. Uh, his first books, like um, Messengers of Deception, Passport to Magonia, and stuff like that, Invisible College. He basically explains in a more scientific way what this potential, what we're dealing with here, potentially. Not just in, in the manifestation that my grandfather experienced it, but also in other manifestations. Does that make sense?
2: Jacques Vallée, one of the main uh, advisors to Spielberg on his Close Encounters of the Third Kind movie, from what I understand. So, yes... Uh, messengers of the gods, as you say, and uh, many other messengers.
3: Messengers of deception, and uh-huh. the reason is that yeah, and there's a very important uh, uh, distinction there because he argues that this whole phenomenon is our deception played on us deliberately. Uh, the, the The meaning of the phenomenon is not for this entity or this device or whatever to get from A to B, it is to be seen. He made a statistic analysis of it. And if the statistics would hold, then you would see, encounter such a thing every five minutes. If this was just accidental account encounters, you see what I mean? So you can read that in his book, it's solid stuff. So he, you can infer a lot of stuff by doing some meticulous research. And one of the things he was forced to realize is that this phenomenon itself is the point of it. It is deliberately being um, just like in my, in my grandfather's case, he didn't stumble over these creatures. (laughs) They were seeking to be seen like that by him. So um, yeah, by the way, uh, today I said, Uh, to, I I said to, you know, I only had 12 hours to announce this to my people, so almost nobody has uh, noticed that we are on today. But I did say that we're going to interact with them. So at some point, um, I want us to go through their questions and comments. I already have noticed one from Ed that I want to get to. But I'll tell you this, jeffy next time you have me on, uh, let's set the date long in advance, let me promote this decently on all areas, even on air to my people, because they have never been able to interact like we do now. And you mentioned that people could call in. Is that correct? Do you have the facility to take phones, phone calls? Skype,
2: Skype pirate1radio at uh, gmail.com. That's that's via the Skype app. The VoIP, Voice Over Internet Protocol app, works similar to Discord or Zoom. Pirate1radio at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, there are. So
3: so let's make a deal, uh, Jaffe. Uh, If I can plug that to my people that you can interact with us. Uh, Let's put a date in the future. We can mention it when you come on my show, too. And then for the first time, they will be able to uh, engage directly, either through chat or also through uh, spoken word, because I've always wanted to do that ever since I started to get listeners, because, you know, some shows have morons as listeners, and I wouldn't want to hear from them. (laughs) Time wasters. But my show, uh, it feels like I'm bragging now, but it's my sincere opinion, has more bright uh, audience than, you know, just my own. I haven't, it's not the scientific research, but when I compare it to comments and mails and feedbacks from other shows, I'm pretty proud of that. So I would want, these are people who would have something to contribute. At least they can raise very interesting topics and ask very uh, good questions and come with very uh, worthwhile to listen to inputs. So I would love to have a show like that. So if you would facilitate that, I'm sure we could get a few thousand listeners live for that. So is that a deal? You come on my show and then we also promote that thing for your show?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The problem this go around was just with the Twitter, you know, I had sent you that the messages on December, November 15th was with the date, actually, if you go back and check things, but you, for whatever reason, claimed not to have got any notifications. So that was really weird.
3: It's not just a claim. Uh, I can document it uh, to you. So. But don't be surprised. It's our, it's our own. We're spanking ourselves using Twitter as a communication channel. Really, well, yeah. I mean,
2: that's why I, I prefer things like Skype. Minds.com yeah. works really well. You haven't been over there lately at, at all, I got, unfortunately, I mean, I, we've noticed. Yeah. So, uh, which you should do you know, more of because they're rapidly uh, expanding and it's – we, can, we started, can tag you, remind your content, and share it with others.
3: Not a problem. It's starting to get pathetic. Every time you have me on, I'm, I'm saying, yes, I'm going to go to my <laughs> Yes, I'm going to go to Mars. So, uh, so I'm I so you, embarrassed. But, and
2: you talk about it on your show. I heard you just with the shows that you oh, do with yeah, Cliff yeah. High and Brooks that you were talking about it. So uh, you just got to get more engaged. That's one of the key uh, terms that we've come up w- with here, that this activist – you know, kind of moniker is that's uh no you know we gotta stop using the tools that the 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 powers that be give us to uh presumably uh make our life better or that some people think are actually going to free us uh and liberate us from uh you know the suffering and problems in the world, so language is a great place to start with the programming. That takes place we need to learn to reprogram ourselves hopefully ideally in an autonomous that's self-naming folks autonomous manner rather than having some third party outside force or entity agency such as the once again the powers that be and the word government simply does mean mind control I'm not sure if people realize that or not but gubern mente in english or latin rather uh, government in english gubern is to control mente is the mind anytime we see that mente suffix testament parliament firmament so on and so forth i'm sure folks out there listening can think of a whole lot many more examples but it just means mind so uh yeah, That's something that... So with, with this whole business of... Uh, and autonomy is really what it all goes yeah, back and, and to. Yeah, and Minds,
3: Minds is decent. They are autonomous. I yeah. do support them. In fact, I want to interview their creator. But here's the thing. The reason I'm not on Minds today is because we took that um, uh, bypass uh, detour by going through the podcast channels. It, it takes a lot of time to understand the system, upload it, you know, make a new home, digital home, it takes a lot of time. So I've spent this year getting on the podcasts. So now the next step is minds. It's going to be minds long before shit.
2: Library so, library is another uh, outlet and, uh, to, to, to consider. We've heard a lot about that. And I think it's free as well, too, where you can archive your shows. You mentioned bitshoot. We're over there as well. We like it a lot, actually, more way more than YouTube. YouTube for us is just a place where we can live stream and yeah. uh, talk to people. So if if there's another forum, uh, Minds can apparently accommodate this, but I've yet to get my head wrapped around it. It probably needs somebody to take me by the hand and actually uh, walk me through things. So you know the old expression: uh, "Give a man a fish, he eats for a day." Uh, teach mm-hmm. a man to fish. He uh, he eats. You know, he's he starts to, smelling. The rest of his lo- he starts smelling. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's able to provide for himself and hopefully his family the rest of his life, assuming that there's actually any fish left in in the the polluted <laughs> waters that have been that have been uh, you know manufactured and and uh, uh, come you know that we see now in all too many places with the. Uh, industrial uh, toxins and the refuse and 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 so on and so forth that which leads me to another topic just kind of uh, with the segue of sorts and we can circle back to any of these other subjects we covered already in in, in stand-up comedic terms as known as a callback for people who are interested in in uh, knowing about that but uh yeah so people talk about oh you know the environment and carbon it's all it's all carbon I'd, these people are part of the carbon cult just now it's and so, it's many of the same people that are part of the vaccine cult uh same people that are part of the you gotta mask yourself cult it's always these same you can almost and then you know almost predict where they're coming from things and and who they, 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 they're probably big Biden supporters as well, too, when it comes right down to it. If you look at the states, by and large, demographically, uh, I'm not sure of how many Biden supporters there are out there. The vast majority, I can almost guarantee you, or are just totally, uh, they've been sold on the whole business of how awful COVID, how deadly it is. and uh,
3: Exactly. Yeah, same with the vaccines, the same yeah. with carbon. Yeah. It's just, look, look, the problem isn't, the bad actors, like the, the chills and the propagandists and intel agents and all these people who try to shape uh, our world, uh, uh, serving the oligarchs. They are not the problem, because they are very few people. And they are easy to beat in an honest discussion anyway. If it was honest research, honest debate, whatever, honest uh, information outlets. That's why I have to rig everything, because they don't have arguments. That's why they have to distract us with ad hominem or cultural arguments, et cetera. Yeah. No, the problem, the Fallacies. problem is... Yes. The problem is um, twofold. It's the press, most of all never i mean if you go back to the 60s and the 70s even the 80s although there was no such thing as the internet there was a million different press outlets media wasn't bought and controlled as much as today they, now they are owned by a few people right but there was actual independent media houses because Some media was trying to be neutral. Some media was tied up to direct interests. And back then, there was an interest society. There was society was a battle between, not necessarily a battle, it could also be cooperation, but it was like an organic, it was different interest groups that kept some kind of terror balance between them. So, for example, in my country, many different political parties would have their own media outlets. Then there would be uh, other interest groups like labor unions would have uh, media, uh, the the owners would have media, so you would have uh, religious uh, factions would have media, so there was a battle for the attention of the public, and in that battle you had to be you had to have a scoop, a scoop didn't mean that I get to lick the ass of a celebrity, no, no, it meant that you would reveal something shocking, everybody went to where the truth, where they perceived the truth was. So you could break such a case as Watergate and, and people would support that. So it was a completely different climate. It was easier to get truth out back then than it is now. When I say now, I mean now and not 10 years ago, because 10 years ago there wasn't this censorship and algorithm, etc. So the collapse, the complete collapse of the media is one of the largest problems in the world today. Uh, not not that it's the most serious problem. I mean, it's a more serious problem that we have lockdowns and people are losing their job. Or like in America, the CARES Act where they loot uh, ten trillions, I think is the number, more than they even did in '08. Or well, uh, or when they start to, you know, it's uh, in Paris right now, millions of people out in the street protesting. In India two two hundred and fifty million people. Hold it, hold it, hold it, right? Millions no, no, in, I,
2: millions in Paris or hundreds of yes. thousands?
3: Uh okay in Paris, uh I I forgot the number, but from the significant uh, I, I, London. It's, London as well. That I don't know because oh it is broke. yeah
2: David Ike is leading some big rallies and uh, uh, fuck, fuck this mask bullshit and so uh, co- hashtag COVID nineteen
3: eighty four okay let me let me just fulfill the reasoning uh, I was going on a long road here uh, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised by the way if it is millions because there was millions last time in in France it was um, the orange west so uh, I really forgot but two hundred and fifty million in general strike in India that's the largest strike ever so far. Now where am I going with this? All those things are more serious than the press but the problem is that in the equation of problems it begins with the press. That's step one. So that's why I'm saying that's the most urgent problem because as long as the filter of information coming out is controlled Then you'll have like you and me sitting here in the dark cellars of the underground online, of the online underground, discussing. But that's no problem for the powers that be because millions of people aren't listening to us. So uh, that's the problem, the press, because we need to get John Doe over at our side, which is why you should never alienate those with another opinion than you. You'll never persuade them by trash-talking them and attacking them. And even if you know about outlandish weird things, you must never start at the deep end because they will shut down and they will discount you and there will be even more loyal minions to the powers that be. You should always try to engage with those you communicate with on their level. When in Rome, do as the Romans, adjust to their paradigm that's a principle I've always used. I have like a million different guests on my show from completely different areas, and most of them wouldn't, many wouldn't get along. Most of them wouldn't agree. They wouldn't even understand each other because it's such a different topic. So, what do I have to do in order to engage with so different people? Well, I have to meet them at their home base. And then, if I have some message or something I want to convey, I have to do it in their language, and everybody who listens to this have to understand this principle because if we can influence other people more than the fake stream shame stream media, then th- this helps because it it is really a battle of awareness right now and if we, and and it's on um, the acceleration is now on speed to the nineteen eighty four Society, there's no middle class anymore. There's no, everybody is being, uh, uh, you know, the, the, I, I'm going to get back to that, but it, it goes to the left right equation again. So we have to reach those people that we love to hate, that we hate because they are so stupid. Oh, how can you believe that? Or oh, how can you subscribe to other explanations, other paradigms, other values, we all have the common interests that we need to get the man off our back. I don't care if I'm joining hands with a Jehovah's Witness or uh, whatever, right? Uh, You can be as complete different from me. I need you in this battle because it's like one man controlling 10,000 other people. And the 10,000 other people are infighting and the one man can get away with it. Of course, that one man have a couple of minions that have sold out and are facilitating his power. But that's basically what's going on in the world today. And it's never been like that because it's always been in small scopes. Earlier, a nation could be fucked and but there was always an area at the globe where there was freedom or something more resembling our society you would prefer. But we are going down a road where the entire world is getting into that grip. And if that happens, if that happens, it's bye-bye because you cannot race up against this machine in any old school way. You can't take to weapon. Good luck. Try, if you're an American... You think you can have have a weapon revolution? First off, most people are brainwashed, so they won't support you. So you will be a minority anyway. Second of all, you have the biggest war machine against you. <laughs> so you can't do it with weapons. You can't do it with information because they control the press. You could do it with information before, but that goes back to the press again, right? And if you want those people who disagree... To wake up and, and on your side, you have to reach them, and you can't do that with attacking them. You have to understand where they are and, and adjust. The only weapon left right now is general strikes. And I, I don't see that happening in America. But in the rest of the world, that can happen. You can bring down a government. You can bring down even corporations with striking. It's a very effective, very old uh, tool that hasn't been used so much in a long time.
2: Yeah, because but the unions have all been completely uh, yeah, made, made redundant. Uh, they're no You're longer part that, of the equation, people. really.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Think about
2: the unions. <laughs> Hey, think about the unions all the way that historically they used to be about how was it what you call them leftists Democrats you know the big uh, U- party of the unions historically in America and there is there's just so much flip flopping that ta- has taken place over the years uh, but but that they were all about you know closed borders they wanted they wanted their their secure wages kept in place. Uh, and they wanted uh, the you know jobs for the working man in in the unions with the open borders that really uh changes things in a big way you talk about striking well just have just have the these people replaced by by undocumented uh migrants people you know coming from the third world and and honest, yeah, I can, I can explain what life. happened so, there. Uh, yeah, they're supporting it, though. That's the thing that OAC... Yeah, I can and, explain and the why. Whole, they're, they're, they're supporting it and heavily promoting
3: it. Yeah, I, I can agenda. explain why. Because in, in Norway and in Europe, we still have a left. You don't have a left in America. What you call the Democrats are to the right of our most right-wing conservative governments. Now... Here's what happened. Originally, and and some part of the left in Europe are still uh, in that old school. Yeah, we we need borders. We need to protect wages, right? We can't just flood the working market with a million cheap workers because that will collapse everything. So we still have people on the left who are like that. But what happened is that neoliberalism and neoconservatism, which neoconservatism isn't conservative neoliberal isn't liberal in the real sense of the word. Liberal means freedom, right? But when that came, they used something very interesting because on the left, not only did uh, they protect the borders, but they also said, look, we are all ruled by the upper class, which means I don't want to fight my brother because he's got uh, brown skin, for example. So they had nationalism and anti-racism at the same time because they understood that we're all in the same boat, which is a sentiment I support. Now, neoliberalism took the racism thing deliberately, and they still do, and they try to use that to break open the nationalism door. Well, when I say nationalism, I don't mean it in the sense that, you know, Hitler, uh, we are the best and everybody else are below us. I mean, just having a healthy sense of wanting the best for your nation, protecting the borders, protecting the uh, work market, et cetera. And so they use, again, identity politics to crush economic politics or, or real politics. That's how that happened. And then suddenly in the new so-called left, it's like, oh, I have to be anti-racist. Oh, that means that if, uh, you know, the American president is uh, Afro-American, then I have to support him, even if he is bombing countries with brown people. See what I mean? They use, so now we have Nira Tandon. God, what a bitch. And she's uh, one of the new administrators. She wanted to, she was arguing for not just attacking Libya, but also taking their oil or, or, or forcing them to finance the war against them. It's like, okay, I'm going to invade you, and then after I've invaded you, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> what, that's fascism. Oh, but she's a female. Oh, and she has an Indian heritage, so we can't touch it. That's the brilliance of identity politics. You have the picture up in your stream here, right? The two different planes bombing. One of them have, uh, you know, gender, what's it called? You know, a Republican a, a
2: versus speaking, Democrat, the different yeah, uh, yeah,
3: but the one has this rainbow uh flag, yeah, and sure, so, yeah, so so that's what it's all about. So it's all about identity politics, rubbing any sensible perspective. And I, I, it boils down to one, we have to reach people, and we don't do that in echo chambers, and we don't do that by warring war, yes, war, war against the powers the corporations, and the governments. Don't war against the idiots who are following them. Try to wake them up. Meet them at their own terms. And then you have to start very carefully because because some of them are so hypnotized into our mainstream paradigm that... But every people with mainstream paradigm have cracks in it. Like Leonard Cohen says, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And in these pandemic times, it's perfect because people are starting to... Because before you could keep them in hypnosis because they were fed, they had work, they had Hollywood, they had mass media. Sleep well, right? Rest in peace. But now every normal human being hypnotized by the machine in sleep are starting to getting afraid and uneasy. And some of them are waking up just because of that. Because when you rob them from the... Uh, mesmerize, me, mesmerizing tools, the hypnotic tools. Then it's so much easier to rob them, to to wake them. If you in America, they're losing 50 percent. Will lose their home homes now. People are losing healthcare. They don't. The poor bosses don't even have healthcare, unlike you and me, Jaffa. So, and they're losing it, and they're taking pay cuts. The few people who keep their jobs, all that stuff helps to wake them up. So. Um, it is when you remove the tools of suppression. The tools of suppression isn't a whip anymore, man. It isn't a whip. It's the carrot. It's the uh, hypnotizing uh, tools. And they are g- getting removed now because of the pandemics. So it's a blessing in disguise. And people are more afraid than ever. Oh, my God. They buy into the pandemic, right? Oh, it's we everyone. Man, we can die here. That's then you can reach them. And then you try to reach them very Carefully, you don't start to ramble and rant about UFOs and interdimensional stuff and uh, listen, people. But you start with a few things that they can uh, understand. And I'm putting my hopes in America, actually, even though it's so bad there. Precisely because it is so bad there. Uh, You know what? Again, let me quote Prophet Cohen, he says, it's coming to America first, the cradle of the best and the worst. It's there they've got the range and the machinery for change. It's there they've got the spiritual thirst. So I hope that by America now, you say now, breaking the back of the population, some of them will even more be, you know, rally behind the powers that be, but Most of them will, in some form or another, become um, power critical. And if we can reach them, especially on social media, which is why Operation Mockingbird uh, also is extending to manipulating social media. Now they're also trying to control what you can share with your grandmother, precisely because they know it's a tool for for power criticism, for uprising. Look at the, the revolutions that went on in the Middle East. Some of them are co-opted, yes. But many of them, uh, all of them, were thanks to social media. So we are in, like Alex Jones says, it is an info war. Now, Alex Jones is not a good person to, to you know, pitch to a sleepwalker, right? That's why they attacked him first. But... Gay uh, frogs. Store?
2: Gay frogs. Yeah.
3: I'm not criticizing what he says. If you take rec- well, what they do is a
2: straw man, though, that's the thing. The straw man, yes. you know, you know so, well, Alex Jones, gay, therefore, uh, or the 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 school shooting out. Uh, what was the name of the big school shooting there? That, yeah. that sort of thing. And they try to quote him or take his what he's saying out of context. And
3: pizza gates. Well, well so which really,
2: folks, I mean, yeah, they try to uh, frame it. It's all about the framing. A lot of it is the framing. They try to frame it in that context when really it's pedo-gate is what it is. And that's why I constantly, it's. I'm not hashtagging, fuck this pizza-gate nonsense. Hashtag pedo Do you hear that? You see, if you follow what I'm doing out in social media, you see a lot of, of that going on. Because that's the truth of the matter, going back to at least as far uh, well well beyond the franklin school cover-up of course that was just one of the when it really broke into uh not quite the mainstream but more people began to hear about these things which as uh one of our commentators here in the the, the youtube chat has been talking about i think it's either well it's either ed kaufman or professor bauer the, the business of the apocalypse and i've, I've for Quite some time now discuss this whole matter that yes, we are living, uh I would say in the age of the apocalypse. It's uh nothing to be necessarily all that concerned about, although there is a great awakening taking place, ideally, a great deal of light that is being shone into these areas, places where up until now we're dark and occulted, hidden. Uh, and they still are trying to do their best to keep it that way, but uh, there's just there's so much happening right now, uh, including the election results. Ultimately, will Trump concede? That's going to be if he does. That will really take the nation in a lot different direction than had he fought it out. And um, if it was me, I would I would stick to my guns. Uh, I, I believe he's got a lot to. Oh, although some would question whether he's the sort of character who has this within his his makeup or not, but uh he owes it to the American people just on the philosophical grounds of electoral integrity, maintaining some integrity to what is taking place and for for years once again we've been speaking out here about things like the electoral phony uh, voting machines they've had in place from Diebold all the way up now to Dominion. And now we're seeing Antifa's role in that with this Eric Coomer character. But, uh, you know, and then it's all, you know, the, the perfect storm. Amazing how with the technocrats there, I'm sure just loving it. Uh, the, the, the 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 Eurocrats that you have uh, at play, uh, busy at work. Over there, uh, busy, busy little bees that they are, including the types of Klaus Schwab, who is all about this great reset uh, agenda that's coming to light now, thanks largely in part to technology such as the Internet. And that is one of the reasons why, of course, they want to do what they can to shut us down. I don't think it's all about advertising revenue necessarily, although that might be part of it, of course. But, um, you know, the the truth is a powerful thing. There's no doubt about that. And uh, it's it's something that where we need to maintain the fight, of course. I'm here for the long term. My father years ago asked me, why are you constantly wanting to go out and martyr yourself is what he is the way he put it, although I wasn't going out of my way to uh find myself in that sort of uh extreme type situation. But yeah, I mean, I'm the sort of person who will st- stick to my principles and 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 uh you know see things through until there is some reasonable uh you know, answers that are presented and resolution or reform in a positive manner. So that's one of the reasons I'm actually here in Korea, believe it or not. I do believe my karmic, if you want to call it destiny, although those two words might be uh, somewhat in opposition to one another, but let's just leave that aside for the time being. I finished my work in Canada with the uh, with the hemp movement, as it were, and ending... Uh, in the small way that I was able to manage right- I wrote a few songs as one of the things and did a little performing here and there, so you know that had an impact for sure. The audience was not always the most friendly, especially I mean when you're playing songs like "What about the Trees" and "Hemp for victory to uh to uh audiences full of people whose lives depend on on uh the logging industry. You can pretty much be assured that they don't want to see much in the way of change, especially when it comes to diversifying the market, uh, as it were, diversifying what you are able, you know, the economy, the regional economy. And uh, which is unfortunate because, as Darwin quite simply put it in his Origin of Species book, the bottom line, folks, was diversify or die. It's as simple as that. Diversify as die. So I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm not a total Darwin uh, cultist or, you know, part of the cult of his personality or Marx or anybody else, frankly. But I will, I'll, you know, I'm happy to pick and choose. And where I see truth, uh, what I regard as truth, I've definitely, is it like an intellectual magpie type uh approach or way of doing things but uh if these things resonate with me for sure so uh but yeah we got a lot of work to do and each of us in our own little way it's it's having an effect and that's why they've i do believe got to i mean because we're pushing back and and they're cracking down a big way of course this covid 1984 business is a total is just a total i mean come on folks it started when back in in February was when it really, I was put out of work here, basically to a large extent in Korea and essentially have lost so much in the way of revenue and income since that time, just struggling to make rent payments every month without any government assistance. Uh, I think we had one, there was one round of, uh, of, um, uh, payments that came our way, uh, which, you know, which was no big deal really, but it did help at that particular point. Now the people, uh, in, in the States, it's the same kind of deal. Na- Nancy Pelosi. What? I mean, I don't, uh, <laughs> what a miserable old cunt that woman is. I tell you, uh, you know, it's, it's really something. So, uh, it's just absolutely so self I don't see any good reason whatsoever. Why should she, she should be holding back? She did have the power, the, uh, the ability to, uh, ha- grant the American public this second, uh, round of, um, basically assistance to, to them as far as disbursements are concerned. And, uh, she did not because of her hatred towards Trump is what it seems. It's as simple as that. But no, yes, no, no, no. indeed, Al, there's so many she issues doesn't, to not She doesn't hate
3: Trump at all. Are you really falling into the... Okay, so what,
2: she, do, you, oh, I I, what do you think is going on? That's a theater. I, it's in, a enlighten, theater. enlighten me, Al, enlighten me.
3: Well, and I mean everything you said is correct. Uh, neither Nancy Pelosi, uh, uh, yes, a shilling count for the establishment, as well as what's a counterpart called? Uh, AOC. You know, no, no, no. The the no, she's a nobody. She's AOC is a boogie woman trumped up by the uh, identity politic things on the right. Now I'm talking about the man with the power uh, on the Republican side. Um, the leader of the Republicans in the House. Um, Pence? No, no, in the House. He looks like a turtle.
2: Oh, he, looks like a, married, he looks like a turtle?
3: Yes. He's, oh, geez, uh, yeah. I'm, huge I'm, corporate artist. Yeah, I know who you're talking to, about. He's got
2: glasses. Yes. Like a little double a corner, chin.
3: Thank you, Bauer. So both of them have uh, the job of not letting through the elevation to the people. The only reason the CARES Act went through it's uh, is the so-called shock doctrine, which has been implemented first on the world and then on Americans because it worked so well. So it's been developed and fine-tuned. The shock doctrine is how the neocons and the neolibs who are working for the oligarchs, uh, you know the multina the owner of the multinational corporations. The shock doctrine is how they move ahead their agenda. It's not in incremental steps. It is in incremental steps uh, all over, but that's they don't have time for that. So they have to, in periods, take leaps, which they did uh, now with the COVID. You know the economy was crashing before the COVID already back um, in uh, last August. I'm I'm sorry, uh,
2: I missed your last point there. What was that exactly?
3: That the economic crash happened before the COVID. Now they're blaming the COVID. Oh, of course. course. Yeah. 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 Which is very timely. And
2: Trump is all about reopening the economy, getting things going again. And you got the the flip side of the equation here where Biden and his supporters – via their platform- and I mean he's totally in China's back pocket, obviously so corrupt with the with the kid, his son's laptop with the barisma the the deal out of the Ukraine with dealings with china you know and and uh mm-hmm. you don't hear much there's a little bit now where Ivanka Trump has been getting into some trouble as far as I guess some excess of funding for some public event that she put on, I guess but yeah, uh, you don't hear much coming from the the you know Trump kids as far as this outright. I mean, for Christ's sake, with, with Jesus, did you see the crack? No, those you guys moles, smoking crack, those, hanging out with Lady kids, Gaga, half nude with Lady those, Gaga. What's that all about?
3: Those kids are born with golden spoons in your ass. Yeah, if yeah, 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 people, yeah. That's not if is people it, if people are rallying around them as saviors, they are really too far gone. Well, it doesn't matter because
2: they're in positions of power anyways, and there's nothing that we can – what are we going to do, sit here and, and just call them out all day and make a, make a mockery of uh, uh, where they are or, or, or just call acknowledge out, the call fact out, that they're there? There's not much we can do, frankly, is there? Come on.
3: Yeah, much we can do. Call out who needs to be called out, of course, but have perspective. For example, calling out AOC on some identity politics is just adding noise and bullshit. It's not going to make any solution. Also, I say if you call out, uh, what's his name, the uh, former Ku Klux Klan guy. What's his Former One who? Of those, uh, for a politician was a former Ku Klux Klan. I forgot his name. but oh, if you
2: call the old guy that died there a number of years ago, Strom Thurmond.
3: No, not him. But he was, wasn't he a judge? No.
2: Pedophile. No. Pe- yeah. Pedophile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he judge. was a
3: politician. But it doesn't matter. Freemation. If you call out people who are insignificant, it doesn't matter. Okay. Now, Pelosi and Connell both are gatekeepers. They don't want the allegation uh, for the people. Now, Trump, you know, I don't feel sorry for Trump at all. I don't, first off, I don't think he will uh, survive this thing. He may, if he gets it to the Supreme Court, because peop- there are six against three. But I, I don't even trust that uh, that will happen. We'll see. We'll see. But I don't feel sorry for him at all. Neither do I feel sorry for Bernie. Why? Because both of them did a huge mistake in 2020, a mistake they didn't do in 2016. In 2016, Trump was running on populism, things that matters to people. Bernie did the same. In 2020, both of them were crushed by their own parties and fully into the identity politics. So Bernie was focused on all the identity politics bullshit, not so much, of course, as Biden and the Clinton people, but enough to be, he had no edge. There was no nothing counter. There was no power criticism. He was just flush people into the democratic hackery side. And be uh, pleased with that and be very afraid of Trump. He's so dangerous. Now, what did Trump do? Exactly the same. He didn't have Bannon anymore. He only had mainstream Republican advisors. So he was going off on, in the beginning, he was a huge idiot. He was going on on the Red Scare. <laughs> Red Scare in 2020. All oh, the communists are coming. The socialists. Americans doesn't even know what socialism is. The only socialism going on in America is corporate socialism. So he was trying to scare people with that. For Biden, Biden, a fucking corporatist, if there ever was one, maybe it could have worked with Bernie. Maybe, but I don't even think it doesn't work anymore. If you look at statistics, people uh, don't even care about terms like communism and socialism. It doesn't work. Yeah, it works on your base, you're brainwashed, hacker, hackery-based. Oh, Marxism, Marxism. There's no Marxism in the world and there's no capitalism in the world. It's all a blend and it has all gotten into what we call corporatism. But he tried that and then he panicked because he realized it didn't work. And eventually he made, he realized on his own, it wasn't from his, his advisors, but on his own he realized, hey, Maybe if I promise people some um, economic alleviation, the first populism thought that went into his mind in 2020, but by then it was too late. He could have done that long ago. If he wanted to win the election, it would be so easy. He could just say, hey, free uh, cannabis to all. For example, something like that, just some populism Because if you look at statistics, Americans are very, very uh, different from the politics. Most people want health care. Most people want to legalize Mariana, for example. I'm just taking some random uh, issues. But if you follow the political discourse, it's completely different. So he didn't do any of that. Now, even if you think he got the majority of votes, which may very well be, um, what you need to beat the rigging machine is you need a 15% over where you need a landslide, basically, because if you win by, let's say, 65%, they can't rig it. They can sw- swing about 15% of the votes, which they do. So, And it's so hard to win when you have a population divided 50-50 by left-right. How on earth are you ever going to get 65%? That's why they need to keep us... <laughs> in the uh, wing thing. So, no, I don't feel sorry for him. He could have uh, uh, tried to run populism like he did in 16. And all the good people, when I say good, I mean, I I don't necessarily agree with them on everything, but they were anti-establishment. All those people were gone. Michael Flynn, Stephen Bannon, all those people who actually... Had some populism traits to them were purged. Flynn, Flynn
2: is back now. Was he was he was purged by Trump?
3: Well, well, not by Trump. I mean, Trump was under siege, right? But by That's the it, powers that be, that Trump yielded to. Yeah, he got he got hauled
2: up on the carpet, man, and he was uh, he was uh, charged with lying before Congress, I believe, and is testimony regarding certain dealings with the FBI or something along those lines. He was recently pardoned the by Logan Trump. Act, he was pardoned. Joke. Well, he,
3: yeah, did you yeah. follow
2: the, that really? he was recently but that pardoned? that wasn't
3: the reason. Look, the real reason they took down Flynn was because Flynn did something unforgivable. If you're a general, then you it's the same if you're a top politician or a top banker or something. If you were in the establishment class, You cannot go against the deep state. Flynn did that. Flynn attacked NSA and CAA, and that's unforgivable. And that's why I trust him, even if I don't agree with everything, at least. You see, you have to get your ass out of the left-right thing, and you have to look at the establishment versus the people thing. And Flynn proved he has his Medal of Honor by going against them. And so they crushed him and they used the Logan Act as an excuse. Now, unlike uh, Flynn, I don't think Trump really, you know, uh, you can't just look at the spin that's happened since 16. You have to look at Trump ever and always. And ever and always, he's just been this, uh, he wanted to be a part of the oligarchy. They never accepted him, which is why he hates them. He's like this con man businessman thing um he has a lot of uh, dirt on his record but like not not like the establishment people but more like a small scale you know mafia kind of uh, con man so they don't want him because he he's first of he's an embarrassment because he doesn't put a pleasant spin on the bad policy but make no mistake He did many bad policies, like, for example, uh, increasing the military-industrial complex, doubling it, basically, of course, getting no opposition, Uh, giving even more tax relief to the multinational corporations, bailing them out. And so he's not this hero that people think he is, but he's least worse, of course. If you look at the lesser evil kind of thing, I don't buy into that. But if you are going to do it, yeah, I would rather have Trump because he wouldn't want to lock down the economy, for one. Why? Because he he, want, he doesn't want to lose the election. And he also has vested interest in the economy, seeing as he's deeply into the hotel business, which is being hurt by the lockdowns, etc. So, yeah, there are some issues, like Trump isn't on the carbon uh, cult uh, side, and But then again, you can find issues where he's, uh, you know, being destructive. So he's not a savior. He's not this enlightened uh, Jesus figure that some people think. But yeah, I'd rather have him if I could choose. But there are others I would rather have than him again. So if I was an American, I would never vote Republican or Democrat, no matter who was on the ticket. Because at the end of the day, those two parties are co-opted and controlled by the powers that be. So, um, yeah.
2: Well, and that was, you know, something to take note of, because when Trump first came into power, he really did seem to shake things up. There was a lot of opposition uh, to his basically... Rising to the top, you—if you want to say—seizing the reins of power within the the ranks of the party. Uh, I've never
3: seen any evidence of that. I know that's a claim that Trumpist MAGA guys like to believe. They think there's a war behind the scenes, but there's never been one single evidence of that. What Trump did, though, which there is plenty of evidence for, is that he tried to purge away some of the. Uh, establishment people that that was there, yes, but he replaced them with other. You know, Mike Pompeo isn't any better than Brennan. They are both deep CAA players. What well, about Bob have...
2: Barr, the uh, Attorney General, Bob Barr? That his uh, his fate is currently up in the air, and a lot of people question why Trump brought him in the first place. But we're going to put the brakes on things here, just for. Uh, a second al as we uh turn our sights to the uh youtube comment section of course taking a look up to 17 people right now is what youtube is telling us so that's great we have a miscellaneous number of other folks joining us via uh fake book is really doing what they can to shut us down in a big way you know we were picking up hundreds of uh, views with shows up until just a couple weeks ago. And since that time, they, uh, well, we are live streaming via Facebook right now that they have shut us down via nearly 500 locations across the world is what they have uh, told us through their messages here. And they are unresponsive when we, when we put forward our uh, rebuttal asking, why is this the case that you're saying that we are playing music here uh, courtesy of, uh, is it Sony or BMG? One of these big music, uh, corporate conglomerates. There's no music or nothing to be heard whatsoever. Uh, we're just doing a regular news show. Of course this go around, it's, it's a Friday night feature show, no music, but I can almost guarantee you they're going to shut us down again and put forward this phony empty, um, Claim that we're we're playing music, uh, or at at one point during the course of the show for about a, a minute or so is what they're saying, and yet there's nothing to be found whatsoever. So make of that what you will, folks. We we you know we don't like to get overly paranoid here, but just look at the way things have uh, played out. That social media um, is not really. I'm not sure if it's an algorithm game what we're not really connecting on that level or they're just going out of their way to mess with us for whatever reason but we'll just leave that aside for the time being. We have recently set up a Twitch account. We finally decided to do that even though Twitch is itself an Apple entity uh and that with because of their dealings with the CIA and uh, in particular and i think it was what something that apple granted the cia half a billion dollars or was it the other way around as if apple needs any more money but it doesn't matter because uh, you know people can go back and fact check me on this whole business i think it was something like about half a billion dollars that they were throwing around there uh about a, a year or so ago and i think it may have I, I'm not sure w- which way the money was, was moving, but anyways, we have decided to run with Twitch. It, it's a lot more, uh seems like it's got a lot more going for it than D live. There's no digital currency uh, that I can see at present, at least, whereas D live does have the, the Lino uh, points, lemons and so forth. Speaking of which, with the uh, D live that we have running at present, you know, yes well, just the other day, Tuesday night, as a matter of fact, it would be Wednesday, 1 p.m. here in the Tokyo and Seoul time regions, that uh, there was up to about 11 people in D Live, so we've only got a handful right now, but what we will do is tell uh, and bring Reverend Jim into the conversation, too, here, because up to this point, he's been very quiet and completely locked out of uh, any means of engaging here, but I know if we bring him into the into the mix, it's going to get really interesting, a lot more interesting even than where we currently find ourselves. So, Jim, just hang on a second. In the meantime, though, yeah, big thanks to. Uh, well, we've got lump. There's the beetle juice just followed over on Deli Belly Maga Veritas 27 So we got a lot of action taking place there. Now this diamond. Uh I think that might have been from a, a, a short time ago actually that uh Deja Voodoo aka Dana Shiver sent her away. Lumberjack Steve 388. Schools are closing, and once again local restaurants close at eight. We're losing freedoms. Our forefathers fought for us. We will not be silenced. You know, I'm I'm down with that, Lumberjack Steve. Pretty much on the same page as you are there, I guess what their strategy though really is to starve us out, to have everyone, uh, homeless and on the streets doing what they can to, uh, to find their next meal. God only knows what, of course, um, just so much that's going on here with the, with the great reset as they're calling it, of course. And, uh, uh, the The perfect storm with the outcome still unsettled regarding the u s election covid nineteen eighty four we've got antifa and b l m who i guess they've kind of settled down a little bit since they seem to think that their uh their guy is now going to be uh serving in the White House, but I would not be so fast as to uh make that conclusion necessarily Uh, we will see, I think, you know, in my, my reckoning, what, uh, what I can see from my vantage point here. And I would, I would tell you otherwise, if, if that was the case, but, you know, Trump's legal team with Giuliani um, and, and others of course too, that, uh, you know, they're looking into things and it's quite evident that the people who say what evidence there's, you know, voter, fraud, uh, tampering, uh, you know, dead, dead people casting ballots, uh, flipping the vote, Dominion hacking and so forth. We, we see no evidence of this. That uh, clearly these people are just utterly, you know, they're totally out of touch and, uh, some major cognitive dissonance, the sort of thing that Yuri Bezmenov interestingly talked about. I mean, he was a former KGB agent who, um, he was a actually it's a spokesperson correspondent of sorts for the C B C back in the day. Uh, quite a colorful character who I think ultimately, whether for health reasons or what have you, did meet his ends. But yes, uh we are going to open the, 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 the booty uh chest that we have available here via D Live in just a few moments. Bathtub Jen has dropped into the conversation over on uh YouTube the Bullvine D herder uh Kiwi Bear with Musa Ed Kaufman of course uh did I mention Wilhelm Powers so uh and I'm presumably you're following the conversation here as well in uh the YouTube peanut gallery area Al but first before we get back to you just a quick few words via our good friend and pirate matey uh reverend jim now we're going to see if we can get in touch with him via the the crow's nest is what we what we try to do here so uh we're just going to see if we can manage to 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 dial through which isn't always necessarily the easiest thing to do but uh uh let's just see a few more clicks of the mouse here, and we can perhaps do that. One other topic we'd like to bring up here, before we call it an evening as well too, this episode 210 of Pirate Radio Podcast with our special guest and uh, hot seat personality of the week, B, host of Forum Borealis Svalbard, Norway. Uh, he's uh, someone who We've slotted in now a couple times right around this very uh, date. In fact, it was last year, approximately the same time that he was here joining us. It's yet called a Christmas again. tradition. Yeah. We had you once during the spring equinox too, which that was totally funky. So that was, that was really great. So, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have to try that again at some point here too, if you're if you're game. But in the meantime, we are going to try to connect to the uh, the crow's nest here. Yeah, I think we've we've got the the crow's nest uh, channel in place, but I'm not sure if if, if Reverend Jim I'm is here. Ah, oh, there we go. So Jim, yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, you've been presumably following the show quite uh, keenly. Nearly 20 people now over on on YouTube. That's good to see. Uh, great to have you on board once again.
1: And it looks like you got uh, a few people on your D Live page as well as um, there's uh 20 people over on my D Live page right now. Also, yeah, and you are you are a
2: syndicator, of course, of the show uh, PSN Radio dot com, Angel Espino, and the uh, Global Enlightenment Radio Network, Daryl and Katie. Let's not forget them too. Always got a Give them a, a tip of the pirate hat, so their support is very much um, appreciated, as one might expect. But uh, yeah, how soon do you think until we should uh, open the 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 treasure chest here via D Live? Yeah, you know, have people get a crack at that.
1: Well, um, anytime. I'm not sure you we're going to get. Any more than we've got right now I normally try to drop it Whenever I think the audience Is the highest it's going to be Sometimes I forget And I'll have like 20 people In the in, the ch- in the chat And when I remember Oh I was going to open my chest There's only 5 or 6 people left And it's like well I guess you guys are going to get lucky
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we, have, we have 5 actually And uh you know so we're just we're picking up lots of uh new folks who are wanting to connect with us so that's great including will uh wilhelm powers who we saw over on youtube he's now uh cross-pollinated i guess in some ways you could say uh made his way over to d live so uh, and and who was this character that you were talking about this 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 fellow over was it was it professor bauer i guess or ed Kaufman, uh, Al. That you reckon we should get in touch with and uh, have a bit of a talk with at some point.
3: Bauer of Nex. Oh, I never thought remember that name. And uh, Nex cost something. Um, sorry, Robert. Robert Bauer. At least is his name. And uh, yeah, you should check out his stuff. He's checking out your stuff as we speak. Wow. But, uh, K- Kaufman is a listener that uh, he actually raised a question. I want to or a comment. I want to comment at some point before we quit.
2: For let's, today. let's do that now, then.
3: <laughs> OK, so he said your show with Zan was so great. Oh, by the way, I saw you lifted one of the show pics and used it in the feed here now.
2: <laughs> Which one was that?
3: Uh, it's the one uh, called The Beauty of Honest Seduction.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, I think that's via your Podbean Um Yeah, actually, channel. it's not even
3: out to the public yet. But he's listened to it because he's a subscriber. And he said, I have a son about to turn 18. Maybe I could get him interested in Zan's work. And I would say, indeed, the sooner the better. Uh, because your son... If he is a heterosexual male, will increase his happiness tenfold if he learns how to handle the so-called game. I, I would recommend David D'Angelo because much of his stuff is still valid, and I think it's you could get a lot of freebies out there. Um, yeah, so learn. You know, any boy, any boy wanting to become a man needs to understand the game. Because I see a very sad trend now for the men's. You you had a man cave, you said, um, Jeffy, something called man cave. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's social media hub via WPRPN. I'll get the link here for you in a second.
3: Yeah, and I have a private uh, group of friends, some male friends. We have uh, regular meetings called man cave where we discuss these things and it's so sad to see the trend now going towards a magto. You know, people, uh, men, uh, are are frustrated incels. You know the word incel. I mean, yeah, yeah, so- sure.
2: What was it? As independent people, the guys that live on their own and uh, are not uh, hooked up with any any uh, significant other, very sexually frustrated, yeah. youthful usually young, although I guess you could have middle-aged or elderly. And similar, oh, they come in all ages, affairs.
3: I promise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the elder men doesn't have any so more games. So what does it stand for
2: exactly then? Independent?
3: Uh... Uh, incel stands for involuntary celibacy. <gasps> and, right, okay. And Megto stands for man going their own way. And so we have this new movement hating on women. Now... The reason is because they are they want women, <laughs> but they can't get them. They're fucking frustrated. And that's because it seems to me that a very healthy trend that started in the late nineties, early two thousands has I don't know if it's been squashed or what happened to it, but that was a trend where men liberated themselves. You I don't know if you remember the book, the game, and stuff like that, men started to discover, crack the fe- the code, the female code, how to become attractive, how to actually get women. Whether you just want to bang them or you want to marry them, it doesn't matter at all levels. How to, how to increase the uh, greatness of the relationship you already have, how to get your ex back, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, there is... Fully possible methods for that. But you have to educate yourself as in any field. You can't imagine you become an expert overnight. And it's the same here. There are ways for anyone. It doesn't matter how ugly you are. We talk about males now. If you're a female, you're fucked. That It matters how ugly you are. But if you're a man, it doesn't matter how ugly you are. It doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't even matter how stupid you are. <laughs> Any man can get game. But in order to do that, you have to, first of, understand the laws of nature on this area. Second, you have to learn how to transform yourself into a version uh, of yourself that is attractive to the female. And this is, is a science. You could say it's also an art, but it is something achievable for anyone. And that people started to realize 20 years ago, but now the pendulum has swinged, and it seems that they've forgotten, our brothers have forgotten this, and now we have this Magto incel thing that really renders the males helpless victims. And I hate to see that, because a society of frustrated males eventually end up as fascism. Look at the, look at the, some of the Middle Eastern countries. They haven't even seen skin. You know, they haven't seen nude females. They haven't seen. They, they don't even show skin, and they end up in this Islamist hell. You you couldn't those forces couldn't rule a country if uh, the population were sexually liberated and satisfied. So, uh Freedom-based country is also a, a liberty-based country is also a country where the population is happy. It's rare that you can connect romance and sexuality to <laughs> politics and system, but it is, has a correlation. Uh, I realized that many years ago when I read uh, Willem Reich, his book, uh, The Function of Orgasm. So uh, it, it's it's very simple, basically. How you, we've all met these people in the system. Maybe you wanted to get your driver license, whatever it was, but they had like 1% power, and they tried to use that 1% power to screw you over or to ve- ven- ventilate their own frustration. That's be- basically because they're <laughs> not satisfied. It's like this frigid bitch who, you know, she she doesn't have so it goes for both uh, sexes, both males and females. If they are frustrated, they're trying to take it out. It's basic psychology, and I'm saying I had a show because I want to uh, convey this uh, message, this you know point the way for those who doesn't have game. I didn't have game when I was younger, but as soon as I learned how this thing worked. Bam, my life transformed. And now I'm not even concerned about it. I'm not wasting time on it. You were complimenting the girl on the picture with me. I have no problem. I'm not bragging. I'm trying to say this as a just to show that it's possible. I have no problem getting attractive emails uh, when, if and when I want to. And it's nothing about me. It's nothing special about me. It goes for everyone out there. If you pull yourself together... Drag your ass out of your, your head out of your ass and start looking into things, start emulating the masters. It's like karate, Kubra Kai or whatever. If you want to become a black belt, you have to listen to the teacher and implement his lessons. If you do that, you'll get a black belt. Or like in Hell's Kitchen, you get a black cook jacket. It's the same here. You get a, uh, a black belt in anything if you just realize, okay, I'm clueless. I don't know about this stuff, obviously, because I'm not getting any women. So instead of bitching and complaining and becoming a victim and blaming everything and everyone but myself, I'll stop listening to myself now because what I've done so far doesn't work. You know, definition of madness, according to to Einstein, and I'll try something new. And that's something new. It's there. It's been out there for at least 20 years. There's no excuse, actually, to be a frustrated male today. There was an excuse when you and I were, were teenagers, Jaffa, because this gold mine of knowledge wasn't out there then. But today there's no excuse. If you are so stupid that you can't get women, it's just because you are, you are uninformed. And you could be forgiven if you, nobody ever said anything to you. But if you're listening now, you've heard it. So now there's no excuse. Now get out in the field and start getting <laughs> women. That's the gist of that show. So yeah, Ed, I'd, I'd put your eighteen-year-old onto it, and he'll become a very happy and fulfilled uh, man as he grows up.
2: You know, that's uh, it's it's well uh, said. Essentially, what you've what you've laid out there, Al, and appreciated. I'm sure people, both of both genders, will find some value in it. But to say that the MIGTO and, and, and other, I'm not sure what, there's another male type uh, oriented group that. Incels. Okay. these Well, the incels are a little different story, I guess, with, with hating women, but the MGTOW. Now I'm not sure what reason you gave for that exactly, but the bottom line, the issue that they have with women is because of the deceptiveness and because of the way that, after you know a few years or maybe a many years of marriage or just a short period a number of months, who really knows the way these things go? but they come out on the on the short end of the stick and and they find get caught up with all these these costly court battles and child right. custody cases right and and you know things along those lines where the women they just either Stupid, or they're they're just playing dirty to be completely uh, obnoxious and uh, spiteful bitches, basically, uh, to put it quite bluntly. Now, I, in my, in my own personal experience, I'm sure this happens time and again, but my own mother, you know. God bless her. I don't have too many bad things to say about her. And this is, it's just a mistake she made in the past where she got greedy. Her lawyer convinced her that she could get more than what my dad had originally offered. And my dad was being very generous at that particular point in time. He was a denturist, uh, still is more or less from what I understand. A dentist? uh, No, denturist, producing dentures. Oh, okay. Right, so not and an
3: evil psychopath,
2: like a full. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'll just, uh, he's a little, he's a bit of an oddball. I'll give him that. But he's uh, he's an interesting character for sure. Very hardcore type uh, individual. So, uh, if you're listening to the show, which I doubt he is, although sometimes he has been known to tune in. Hey, pops, how's it going? So his main criticism with me is like. Uh, Enlisting was wondering when the hell is my son going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <And> basically, <laughs> that, that was that was the whole thing. But he doesn't understand that as partly as host. One of my jobs is to run my mouth. I've got to provide the stream of consciousness commentary and so, and so forth for our listeners as well as to engage the, the guests. But um, and it's a special yeah, kind you're, of.
3: You're never going to become a prophet in your own country.
2: There you go, exactly. So, but what is going to say regarding my own particular experience, our family, that my mom, she got greedy after my father had made a very generous offer. The lawyers, they just love this shit, of course. They went at it, and all the money, pretty much, that she could have had got burnt up, wasted on lawyer's fees. And, uh, she ended up with a hell of a lot less than what she was originally offered. And, uh, it was just a bad deal. So let that be a warning, folks. Be really careful. The the lawyers, I mean, they're they're some some can be pretty slimy, especially when it comes to family courts or or divorce settlements. It seems you know because uh, it's like they're sharks, onto the scent of uh, blood, really, and they're they're out for the kill. You're just you're a mark, is all you are. So. It's it's sad and it's unfortunate. Speaking of sad and unfortunate, uh, one of the I things I want to that,
3: comment up on this.
2: Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
3: Because you were saying that this is a good aspect of the Magto, uh thing. Now, I don't— well, regard well,
2: uh, Mag- I'm sorry. What do you mean, good, good thing about the—, the uh, That Magto? they are
3: reacting to the injustice in courts and stuff.
2: Well, yes, yeah, somebody has to.
3: Yes, yes. I have nothing against that. But that doesn't mean you have to start hating women. I mean, that aspect of the Magto... Yeah, and they
2: don't. Some do, but not not straight across the board.
3: Yeah, but that aspect of the Magto thing... Uh, You know, the movie Red Pill and stuff like that. Yeah, they've been using that as a part of the the reason why you should be angry at women. And I'm not blaming anyone for being angry and frustrated when they are facing injustice. That's a natural human reaction. But I don't regard the MAGTO thing as just about fairness in child custody courts. That's not what, as I've understood it, it's just a word, you know. But as a terminology, I haven't understood it as just that. No, it's in a fact, central issue. Fact,
2: it's not. It's not. Fact, it's a central well, issue, though.
3: It, it, there's a lot of young people in it. There's, there's more young and older people into this movement, and many of them are gamers. It's just boys who've been sitting in a the basement their entire life, jerking off to the Internet and doing games, and then waking up to the fact that they're not attractive to females and calling, calling unfair play. Now, if you have been screwed over in court, it doesn't matter for what. Fight it, you know, stand on the barricade, or go ahead, have at it. But I'm talking about this movement that's trying to blame women for everything instead of manning up and taking responsibility for yourself and becoming attractive. Because if you let your marriage, for example, go so far as to having a conflict and child custody, you already screwed up. You already screwed up. A happy woman would never turn against you like that. So I'm not saying everything is your fault, but what is your responsibility is to make your woman happy. And that is a male responsibility. It's not a female responsibility because there are differences between genders. And I don't care about the political, correct uh, cultural thing now that, oh no, there's no difference. There is differences. They are psychological and they are biological. And one of, not all the differences are good for us. Some are, some are not. At uh, vice versa. One of the differences is that a male who has his act together is able to keep his woman and make her and uh, maintain her happiness. And you know, not my woman. She's a crazy fucking bitch. Well, why why are you going for crazy bitches then? Discard her and find a healthy female woman who, who's supportive. You know, I, I say when I'm in relationships. One of the first things I make clear with my girl is that we are a team. When we're a team, whatever's good for her is good for me. Whatever's good for me is good for her. So I support her. Are you making advances in career? Fantastic, baby. Go on. Can I help you with something? You know, write your application for you or something? Great. And, of course, the other way around. I'm not your slave. So we build each other up because we're a fucking team. Where has that notion gone? Why are we suddenly in a competition? Now you could say it's it's partly to do with society because in today's society they try to demonise healthy male role models. The male um, archetype is demonised, and they don't want it there. They want the bad one, like the Homer Simpson or the wife beater. But it's the same with the female. They don't want a healthy female role model out there. They don't want the good female archetype. They want the cunts, the ones who are going to advance in the corporate world and dress like men and behave like men and have no female traits and pretend we are the same. Like my guest San said, the problem isn't, that isn't about being equal because being equal is a good thing. Everybody wants a fair shot. It's the problem is that we are the same. They are trying to force us to be the same. We are different, but equal. You see what I mean? And so I'm saying as a part of this male liberation thing is also to control the game. Is It is to not just take any female that you may manage to trick or lure or pressure into your bed. No, no. You would want them to want to be there, want to be with you, want to, you know what they say, the old saying behind every strong man is a strong female. Yeah, that was true in the old days because, and you see it still in some cultures, I, I don't know about Korea, but in many cultures, girls are are, are still having that mentality that they want to back their man. They want their man to be as successful as possible, as strong as possible. And, and the same with them. Wouldn't a man want his wife to be attractive, to be pretty, instead of trying to control her and be jealous and stalk her and bring her down? Some males get off on, you know, b- bringing down that woman. Uh, they, this, because they live in a scarcity world. They feel that every other male is a threat and they will get my woman. So I me- need to make her feel like she's worth nothing. That's the only way I can keep her. So I want to control her like that. You've already lost. You're already an incel. You're already a loser. No, you can keep your woman by having her desire you. And again, it doesn't matter your wallet, it doesn't matter how ugly you are. I know that's a shock to some people who doesn't get it, But look into it, man. You're, it's much better to be a man who can't get women than to be a woman who can't get men. Because women, it's very unfair, but it's a lot to do with uh, their appearance. not just that, of course, but we are much more caring about appearances than, than they are. Whereas the opposite isn't true. So you can actually, haven't you, we all have seen barsters. You wouldn't think, how on earth is he getting women? He's just a slob. In fact, he he even mistreats them (laughs) and they want him. Why? What's up with this? And that's how it all started. They were studying the so-called naturals, seeing how on earth could this loser get all these women? Why are all women throwing themselves at? He has nothing to offer. And so they cracked the code. We now no why. And you can emulate that and you can stimulate that in yourself. And if you do, you'll become uh, an attractive male and you'll have a happy relationship and you can avoid all these damn uh, court cases and whatnot. And uh, I, I'm talking not from theory here, being that done that, okay? Being the done that on all areas, so i'm not i'm speaking from practicality and uh, yes uh, injustice is injustice and we let's fight it but magto can't be reduced just to to that and uh, you can still battle it somewhat even though culture is trying to crush women and make them alienated to themselves and crush men and make them alienated it's a part of the corporate takeover of the world it's also in culture right But despite that, there are still biology in play and natural laws. And women can't, you know, like David Angelo say, attraction isn't a choice. I'll say that again. Attraction isn't a choice. Men think it's a choice, but it's not. It's a subconscious thing. All you have to do is knowing how you can interact with that subconsciousness. And voila, you're out of the woods.
2: There we go, so I see that, and thank you very much uh al, for those uh you know for that information of course so your 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 knowledge, your insight your
3: uh, Don't take my word for it. nobody take my word for it. go and find out by yourself, and one of the people you can go to is David Angelo, another one is San Perion, the guy I interviewed, right,
2: right, so I mean guys like my myself i'm rather happily married so i i you know <laughs> it's a little different than being uh involuntarily celibate and, and
3: uh yes angst-ridden incel. It, it applies to you too oh well, i know, you know i know, you know and you
2: know what's interesting yeah. uh, actually you mention it the majority of our supporters and listeners they're women believe it or not We've looked at, uh, we got like the demographics and statistics coming in here, I think it's like through YouTube or what have you. And uh, yeah, it's... it's and many uh,
3: women are a part of this movement. It's not just a movement for men, even though it's liberating men. I mean, women is earning too, because they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was oh, 80s. Remember the 80s? The male uh, role model was a gay guy, basically and i 'm not bashing gays, be gay and have at it i 'm just saying it 's not a good role model for heterophile, heterophile guys, and so women are besides themselves that more and more men are getting their act together and knowing how to become attractive and knowing how to make her happy. They want that too, so it 's not like it 's a battle here it's the real battle is male and female against the alienation of males and females.
2: Well, okay, now, I know that you said you were hoping to have a little time to get a coffee, so I don't know if you've already managed to do that. <laughs> I did
3: it that during your last round. Oh, oh,
2: okay, yeah, yeah.
3: But I'm glad you saw that message. Okay.
2: Diatribe, monologue, whatever you want to say or however you want to put it. Now, the dark journalist has been on your show twice. We actually, uh, there's a couple issues here. Uh, that we have uh, in in mind as far as uh, carrying on the conversation, and just to let listeners in on the fact, it's been two and a half hours now, uh, damn near. We're we're going to shoot for at least the three hour mark. Hopefully, YouTube won't uh, yeah. won't shut us down or cut us off. We also have a potential Rogues Gallery after show. Is uh, the way that the format is here. Whether Al is is game for that or not is a another matter of course as it typically runs game. for an runs for an hour so i know uh yeah you it's kind of a reflection of the way that you have your format in place the the long format approach with uh with with your interviews and uh breaking them up into into two parts typically is what we find over there via uh, Forum Borealis. So, uh, but yes, the NSAM57, courtesy of the Dark Journalist. Take a look at that link. uh, While we actually have a moment here to reflect on something else that is currently uh, taking place and occurring here, Uh, it is whether people realize or remember this or not. Maybe they weren't even alive at the time, but we're In just a couple days, coming up to the 40th year anniversary, of uh, I'm not sure if you know what I'm leading to here exactly, uh, or not, Al, but it's been 40 years since what, uh, exactly a rather major world event. Just a couple days, do you remember what that was? Hmm, 40 years,
3: let me see. Uh, what. Year are we getting to then? I would well, do the math. In. That would be nineteen eighty.
2: Nineteen eighty.
3: Okay. So, what was significant about nineteen eighty? The oh. Yuppie time.
2: Well, this is December eighth, nineteen eighty. There was a, oh,
3: someone was killed, huh?
2: Yeah, I was laying awake at night. I was, yeah. I was. Um, let's see, eleven years old at the time more or less and listening to cbc radio i i still have this habit
3: give peace a chance yeah that's criminal that's criminal today you know war is peace
2: right well and they they they, do They, they they murder all the people who um take that stand and and speak out in in support of that i mean bobby Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and what we're talking about here—Jesus Christ, of course—going back way back in history, but uh, forty Hendrix. years. Pardon me.
3: Hendrix. Yeah, I mean, Hendrix. No, Hendrix—he
2: was murdered too. That's right. I, I do very much believe that, contrary to the mainstream narrative, how they'd like us to believe things. Uh, you know, thanks once again, The Mockingbird. Uh, media the way that they uh typically operate Malcolm X. yeah oh for sure another a great example yeah Malcolm X uh, who knows maybe even Jim Morrison I I really couldn't yeah. say on that one but it's a little odd and peculiar but uh, John Lennon so now what I did a number of years ago was uh, well actually we have a, a friend of ours let's say uh, <laughs> you could say I was a part of the project maybe not We'll let people decide for themselves. But there's a song here called uh, Walking on Thin Ice, which is, uh, it's interesting because if people know the story of John Lennon and uh, his his final day on this earth in human form, that uh, he was actually working on the Walking on Thin Ice project with his wife, Yoko, that particular time. And when he was shot, he actually had i i think it was the recorded masters of the song in his his jacket that particular uh point in time uh,
3: i don't know about that that's well, interesting yeah, i know well, I know well, that no, I, the killer uh, or the, uh, the the killer had this book that everybody has which you is courtesy of CIA. Do you know what book well, that last was? Time we discussed it, yeah, last time we discussed it, I think you corrected me because I'm I'm mixing two books. It's not the one called To Kill a Mockingbird, is it? It's the other one, I think. Um,
2: J.D. Salinger. Yeah. Catcher, catcher, out, catcher, catcher in, in the
3: Rye. Yeah, I think that's the one. Right,
2: and so uh, Mark David Chapman, if you look at his behavior, very odd and peculiar, it just so happened that he on that very day had been apparently talking at great length with the Dakota uh, doorman. The Dakota was the and still is it's a major landmark in New York, a place where um, Lenin and his his family lived. So, um, uh, Jose Perdomo is Perdomo. Is how you pronounce his surname. He's now passed away. It took the media, though, at least I think it was 10 years to clue into the fact that the doorman was there that night and may have seen a few things and that might have been someone worth speaking to a little more extensively and having an interview with that never really occurred as far as I understand, but he had very little to say, but on that very day, supposedly he and Chapman were speaking together at great length regarding, uh, the Bay of pigs and the Kennedy assassination. Uh, And this is how the story goes. And, and, and that, because Chapman was hanging around there all day. I think he in fact saw Lennon leave in the morning. And, uh, but, regarding this whole business, it's interesting because Perdomo himself was a member of this covert intelligence group. Um, It's the best way that I have describing them. You can do a search, folks, if you want, for Operation 40. That's what you have to be on the lookout for, Operation 40. I mean, I could do the same thing here myself, I suppose, just as fast as anybody else. But, uh, yeah, so a very shady character. And uh, if people look into this, Operation 40, Jose Perdomo, there's a lot of speculation that uh, because of Chapman's potential programming, and it's been shown, uh, the magician, the mentalist is Darren Brown out of the U.K., uh, it's called the Manchurian Candidate or trained assassin. I think one, one or the other. But he has essentially he hypnotizes.
3: Uh, yeah, he had two different shows where he proved that you can hypnotize people to kill. One of them was directly inspired by the Sirhan Sirhan case. Uh, the other one was, um, I think it's called Push to the Edge. So, yeah, two or three, maybe, I think, where he has shown that you can, uh, despite the popular myth. But, you know, the popular myth is being maintained by the pseudo-skeptics, you know, the gatekeepers of the establishment paradigm. Whatever. I, I mean, w- why would skeptics even care about this issue? <laughs> but they do. Anything. And like just like they care about vaccines and you name it, the the, the environment, they are in everything where the people can disagree They are on the side of the establishment. So he just killed that myth, actually, very effectively. But it hasn't been taken into account. You can still read in the textbooks that, no, no, you can't hypnotize people to go against their will. But if you Google another very interesting, obscure phenomenon, you will see that there's a lot of people who are hypnotized women. (laughs) You know where this is going, right? (laughs) To... You know, sexually uh, engage with them. Uh, They may be married. They may be, you know, religious, whatever. People who you wouldn't think, not sluts, just normal women who trust them and go to them for therapy. So if you can hypnotize a woman (laughs) to get in bed with you, you certainly can hypnotize to kill someone. So this is how it works. Uh the mind is much more complex and with many more layers than the mainstream paradigm wants you to believe.
2: Oh, you're so, bang yeah. on the mark there and I I fully concur with what you've just laid out there regarding the pseudo uh, sceptic uh community. Maybe you could say pseudo septic as well too, I suppose, but you know that it only goes so far. That it's like it's a it's another cult, really and that they always yep. resort to as you say the author- the the um the official narrative the authoritative take on things whether it's vaccines or 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 uh, you know skeptical um well, what what could you say another uh, good example would be you think they'd be skeptical of vaccines but then they go on the side of well they say yeah. well science clearly proves it's always the appeal Appeal to authority. It's a yeah. it's a logical fallacy. It's a very basic logical fallacy. Appeal to authority. So they constantly, well, science shows. So there's you know, why why worry? Let's just uh let's get on with things. There's other examples too. Um I guess you make like chemtrails or or uh, as you say, like this is what we're talking about here, the the trained assassin. So we're gonna cue up the song um that was written a number of years ago. Uh, this is a, it's a a tribute, commemoration, uh, memory of Lennon and the event that occurred on that day, but also his life and career in general, too. So apparently the artist sometimes, uh, you know, he goes as uh, under the name of Johnny Canuck. I believe, in fact, he's in the listening audience here tonight and uh, has joined us via both YouTube and d live if I'm not mistaken, so let's hope that he doesn't mind us uh playing his song. The only problem that we have here right now is a bandwidth issue, so we and we did try to download things uh, uh you know to get the song here downloaded and and do it that way, but it's not going to uh want to cooperate with us on that front here unfortunately we'll have things a little better in place when we have uh, Brooks Agnew join us on Tuesday night of course so we'll take it from there but uh let's have to take a quick look through the history I suppose is there anything more that you could say though have you heard of operation 40 or any further thoughts regarding the Lennon assassination
3: No I'm I'm not uh, very well versed in in the Lennon Assassination. So, I don't think I can contribute more sense than you've already. All right. That's
2: fine. So, we'll take a look at uh, while we're doing this. We're kind of multitasking here and uh, the the bandwidth issue. It's kind of uh, hopefully we do manage to stream this out with too much difficulty. What we would like to do, though, is just take a quick look at what we have taking place in the comment section via. You know, yeah, just...
3: Jennifer Knight, she asks us to send some healing vibes to yeah. uh, one of the pirates.
2: Oh yeah, Pirate Larry, absolutely, and thank you, Jennifer. I think she's got to, uh, she's got to, uh, you know, skip on out uh, and and do her thing as it were, uh, IRL. But I believe she is going to continue listening to us if she can manage that. She said something about earbuds, if I'm not mistaken. So, but Pirate Larry, she, people is the f- person that we're going to want to. I mean, it, it worked once in a big way. He's really been struggling with some pretty serious health issues. Of course, you know, when it's our time to go, there's no sense. Uh, I mean, there's nothing more that we can do. It's Everyone is here uh, simply in uh, transient form. We're all passing through. And uh, this really, if you look at, I think the big picture can quite easily see that uh, it's like Christ talked about that uh, this world is not my home essentially, or my, my kingdom is not of this earth uh, kind of deal, Uh, which is, I mean, the guy was a Mahayana Buddhist, as far as I Mm. can tell, it makes all the sense in the world. There's been multiple documentaries put together out there. Uh, For people who are interested in in connecting the dots, Uh, his message got muddied by the politics of the day with the Sanhedrin in particular, but he was missing for 18 years. And what you'll have once again with the. uh, the No, he
3: wasn't. No, no, he wasn't missing. It's just that they censored everything accounting for those missing years.
2: Okay, so so where okay where was he then? What was taking place?
3: Well, there are some surviving documents that shows what he was up to. For example, uh, the church of – the Celtic church, which was crushed. Norway was actually the last bastion of the Celtic church. But the Celtic church was one of the uh, – there are still interesting churches around, like the Thomas church in India, like the, uh, like the Coptic uh, – that's not the really right name for it, but some of these Eastern churches, but – the Celtic church was founded, according to themselves, by Jacob, uh, Jesus' father, and Jesus, or Joshua, Joshua um, Ben Yusuf, or Ben Mariam, actually, because they re- used the mother's lineage. Now, they went to Ireland as uh, in connection with trade, uh, because they were... Um, uh, his father was—they uh, say he was a carpenter or something. Jesus, but they were uh, into trading, and so they went. And, to
2: and, and copper. Joseph of Arimathea—that was the connection there. That he was a central player and a. I don't a, think
3: Joseph's uncle, if I I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because He's that's not the father. Yeah, I said Joseph, maybe Jacob. Joseph uh, of
2: Arimathea is one of the... Yeah, but
3: that's not the father. That's not the father.
2: uh, I really don't know. So, Uh, you know, uh, Glenn Kimball... another dude. Glenn Kimball, who Art Bell interviewed a a number of times, is really the guy to go to, I would say, in in many ways. If people can go back into the coast-to-coast Art Bell uh, archives, which, of course, there are so many great shows... We have a, a regular uh arts tombstone actually appears in our slideshow on a on a routine basis. i, I managed to get through to art and speak to him on a on nice. a personal level twice actually, and uh, even had him laugh, believe him <laughs> brought him to the point of laughter because I was pulling his wooden leg as it were, uh regarding my gig here in South Korea as a professional elf. You know, hence the Operation Secret Santa angle and so forth. But we've got to bring this round full circle to Lennon, who, of course, himself was in search for the Holy Grail. A lot of people don't know about that. Uh, The Spear of Destiny and the Holy Grail. He was someone who was somewhat interested in this whole business. But think of the times, folks. He had just, uh, you know, come out of the studio. His album was making its way on Up the Charts, in a big way double fantasy with yoko and uh he was someone who was not afraid to stand out there on stage be seen be heard by countless uh you know people of course uh, he had his admirers he had his haters uh myself i i the guy was a brilliant musician uh he kind of had the sense that he was being used uh, as a As a pawn in a political game, as it were, but at the same time he was on the outs with Yoko, apparently at that particular time. believe it or not that's the version of events that i've heard of course, they'd been separated once already during the time of the so called lost weekend uh It was around a, a f- five year period altogether, and John spent uh you know, he was out on the west coast in Los Angeles, and and uh, I'm not sure when he made his way to Jamaica exactly. But he was he was a fan of uh, he he became a fan of reggae music. I'm not sure if he managed to meet with Peter Tosh. I haven't heard much about that exactly, but definitely a fan of 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 reggae and spent a little bit of time holidaying in Jamaica. And uh, but the military industrial establishment. Could have very well had, uh, well, look, I mean, for years the FBI was trying to have him deported and, uh, you know, removed from the country. He finally, after a lengthy legal battle, managed to win his green card, I think both for him and Yoko. Um, uh, So, and let's not forget about the UFO incident, 1974, something that he wrote about on the liner notes to his Walls and Bridges album that's uh quite noteworthy as well you can find some videos on uh places like youtube and and elsewhere where he's actually out uh on the it's a balcony of sorts uh uh, via the the dakota and pointing out where this object seemed to manifest there is a time sense of time loss uh and and uh so on and so forth. It really was quite the uh it was quite the experience, quite the phenomenon for both him and me, Pang, who he was together with as a as a couple at that particular point in time. But yeah, we're gonna cue this song up right now, I guess, and maybe come back to some of the comments here in just a few moments. We'll also have it hopefully available for the the Brooks Agnew interview uh tuesday night he's going to be appearing during our uh our news uh segment and end of things for at least the first hour and if people have not heard of brooks agnew well maybe we can get more into who he is uh exactly what he's all about when we return from the break I'm he has sure. his
3: own radio show
2: yeah i mean the guy's just brilliant obviously so we'll get you to mute out though for the time being if you would al simply because you're on the same channel as the as the music here and uh we're also going to try to see to it that the bandwidth maintains itself here and uh we don't have any problems on that end of the thing so but uh yeah here we go courtesy of uh i guess he calls himself johnny canuck he's a number of different monikers stage names and that sort of thing uh over the years, as he's toured out on the west coast of North America, mostly British Columbia, Alberta, uh, down as far as Baja, Mexico, over the years, from what I understand, but uh, this really is a is a one, of a one of my more favorite compositions that he's managed to put together. Something called "Walking on Thin Ice."
0: Big Red Apple's a place he called home Walked the streets, people left him alone (laughs) After.
2: go. Looks like Johnny sometimes goes by the uh, moniker or stage name of Steve Goldman as well, too. I think, you know, we have talked to him in the past regarding this whole matter, and his statement, essentially, to paraphrase uh, where he was coming from, uh, as far as that whole business goes, is that to make it in the entertainment or music industry, it, it definitely... You know, even though he he isn't Jewish, that it, it helps to uh, if you've got the surname, that uh, it definitely you know it helps helps to go a long way. So, anyways, uh, that's essentially his his take on that uh, that whole matter. Johnny Canuck, though, I think is what uh, most people typically know him as. Yeah, walking on thin ice—a bit of a, a technical hiccup there at one point during the course of the song. But other than that, I think uh, a pretty fair performance and and um, uh, you know stream basically a chance for listeners to have an opportunity to, uh, to check that song out. Uh, Al, do we have you back? No, doesn't sound like maybe he's still muted out. Let's take a look at the comment section over here on uh on YouTube. And once again, for listeners, if you're if you're wondering what's going on here, this is an epic live stream. Hopefully, YouTube will not cut us off or shut us down. Sometimes it's said that they only allow hey, three hey, hours. Yeah, go ahead. Javi. E- oh, geez. I'm sorry, yeah, (laughs) one of those things where I had Skype muted again. Everyone could hear me except for you guys here in in Skype, so, yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Uh, Jim, was that what you were going to draw my attention to, the fact that you guys could not hear me? Is that right?
1: Yeah, I was going to get your attention on that. Um, See, whenever that happens, I unmute the YouTube broadcast.
2: Oh, yeah, that's that a good thing you do that, for sure. That's your job, really, Is I mean,
1: co-producer, co-host. Well, because and... that way I I was checking, did, did you go completely off the air, no.
2: or... No, yeah, no, no, it just, uh, I forgot to unmute the Skype, so we got the old BS running here. It's
1: not and did you notice that uh, Ed Coffin said that it was kind of uh, serendipitous that... Uh, he was a mooney which was started in South Korea which is where you're at. Yeah, hey, small world.
2: Small world. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely something somebody would like to talk to, interview, do a show with on some level. We'll pretty much talk to anybody, frankly. Not a problem if you've got if you're not afraid to have a conversation. Uh still we have a little time here. You can call in uh Pirate 1 Radio at, <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, it's a way to do it. Via Skype. Go yeah,
3: ahead. Uh, hang on. Uh, Kaufman, he said that um uh, he was interviewed somewhere. Uh, let me see if I can find the comment. Um, yeah, what's so messed up about joining some cults? Is that you give up? No, that's not uh, the one. Um Well, he said that there was connections with uh, the Moonies to the Deep State. Um... I can't find that comment now. But that sounds like something to be explored in a show, to be sure.
2: Oh, well, not... not a, yeah, Steve Bannon, as a matter of fact, as I recall, is a comment he made that, you know, uh, uh, Moon Sung-myung has passed away, but for years, he was doing business with the Bush Family Crime Syndicate, uh, which then morphed, of course, yeah. more into the Clintons, and then, of course, the Obamas. It's... uh Insane. They are just
3: new new faces, sure new wrappings on the same. Right. Oh, of course, uh, church shit. But he says Alex Sakiris of Skeptical, shout out there, recently interviewed Steven Schneider uh, in his f- show number 447. Steven has interviewed me, that's Ad uh, Kaufman. On three podcasts about the uh, Moonies' connections to the deep state. By the way, uh, to the listeners, Alex is going to interview me in a week or so. I don't believe it will be live, but uh, for those who are interested in, I mean, me and Alex have wild rants, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, really... I've heard.
2: I've heard that you do, you've done one show. In fact, you've got a playlist called. Uh, Turn, tables are turned tables so, turned which I just uh, I came across just the other day on, on YouTube yeah, so but that's the two great.
3: best yeah the two best talks I did with Alex is not there uh, on his channel there is a follow-up to the interview he did with me and on my channel there's uh, yeah, on my website there's a follow- up and I think that's the wildest one plus we just did a new one with him called evil. It's not out to the public yet, but we are discussing evil, basically. All this discussion in the world, right? In all shapes and Yeah, things.
2: You know, from, from my vantage point, and I know you teach, I think, meditation, yoga, things along those lines, more or mm-hmm. less. Hence the, the philosoph... What is the moniker that you have no, there? No,
3: that, that has nothing to do with that. Yes, philosophos. That's a term used in ancient Greece. It's the you know how the word and term philosophy is completely degenerated today. Today it basically means to study who said what when. Oh,
2: no, the love of wisdom! Come on no, now! No 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 no. no, no. It's the today love of
3: today philosophy has nothing to do with loving wisdom or to uh, give out original thoughts. Today it basically means to study who said what when or who thought that what that sounds more like history that's that's,
2: that's, that's history
3: I know it's be, it's a, it's kind of a history of ideas that's what philosophy as an academic subject is degenerated. You realize there's Origi-
2: multiple branches of philosophy as well too within the academic field. Yeah,
3: sure, sure. Yes. Sure sure sure. But originally well in all fields try contributing an original thought and you'll be smacked down and lose your funding or whatever. That's not what they want. They don't want people to be philosophers. They want people to study what the accepted and known names, allegedly. So they don't even manage to portray the philosophical thoughts very well when you go back to antiquity. But Philosophos was someone who practiced what Pythagoras, he called it the law uh, law of wisdom, but that's just because when the tyrant asked and confronted and challenged Pythagoras and said, are you a wise? Because back in the day, a sophos, A wise man was the Greek's term for what you called in Jesus regard, you called it a Mahayana Buddhist, but basically an enlightened an illuminated person, which you have in all traditions, a healer prophet, uh, yogi, uh, you name it. So he asked, are you uh, one of those?
2: But hang on, mm-hmm. hang on, hang on, so- no, a sophist, no, hang on. I'm in sophists, the of... they're, they're bullshit artists, basically. They're they are people who yeah, make you are, think that... Again,
3: the... you're polluted by academia. That's because you're referring to the sophists.
2: Yeah, sophistry. Which is,
3: which is, yeah, but that's a school within academic philosophy. It's an artificial term, anyway. And that's if what Socrates, about... they
2: accused Socrates of being a sophist, in fact, in the end. That was yes, one of the accusations.
3: Yes. But, but here's the point. Uh A Sophos was a wise, it was an initiated, it was an enlightened, it was like a Lama, okay, in in Buddhism. So they asked him, Are you that? And Pythagoras, humble as he was, just said, I'm but a lover of wisdom. He wouldn't even call himself the greatest philosopher in the world, the greatest initiate. He was but a lover of wisdom. So after that, all the initiates, instead of calling themselves wise, in other words, an enlightened, in other words, uh, a or uh, whatever you want to call it. They call themselves lovers of wisdom, just to follow in, in his uh, footsteps. And so a philosophos is precisely that, is someone who is trying to become enlightened, but they wouldn't, just as, you know, an alchemist never called himself an alchemist. You 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 never how can you know that someone is fake? It's when they're calling themselves a thing. No, no, I'm just someone who is studying this, who is loving this, who is trying to become that. It's it's it goes back to the old adage. A fool thinks he is wise. A wise knows he's a fool. You catch my drift.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you here. Just waiting for you to finish up. So you're absolutely right. It's the it's the fools who think they're wise and the wise men who think they are. Yeah, there you go. And that's a great, that's a great, uh, You know, pe- we need if we are genuinely committed to the path of wisdom. And in the, the Buddhist uh, tradition, which I've been a lazy practitioner of for the past, at least in this lifetime, I'm not sure, I was told by a, Uh, A rather highly renowned uh, shaman here in Korea that, in fact, uh, several hundred years ago, I was a monk in China. So make of that what you will. It's possible. Perhaps explains my uh, affinity and love for the history of the Silk Roads and the way that uh, during this time of apocalypse that uh, so much has been uncovered there and in northern India, which westerners had completely lost the eastern tradition the buddhist uh tradition in in, in particular for well over a thousand years it had been buried lost in the jungles of north uh india only to be rediscovered in uh, textbook apocalyptic fashion the uncovering of what had for that uh, for a millennia uh, been occulted hidden away in these these dark uh steamy jungles um, quite dangerous too, I, I would, uh, I would add, uh, with all the various predators in, in the midst uh, of this, this particular region. But yeah, that, that was a big deal. And, uh, the Silk Roads during the time of the Han Dynasty, and in particular, and that's where we found the rise of Mahayana Buddhism. I've yet, we had a, a great somebody that you might like to talk to as a matter of fact we're always happy to cross pollinate and send people uh you know to to friends of ours and people we've spoken to over the years uh that's we have no problem with that whatsoever uh we think it's in fact i mean f- the first step on the path to generosity is in the buddhist tradition is uh do you want to guess what that might be l
3: Guess what? Uh, the first path—I uh, didn't quite catch the what first. You
2: said. The first step on the path to wisdom. What is it, according to the Buddhist tradition?
3: Right, according to the Buddhist. Well, I, I would say it's to know that you don't know anything.
2: Uh that's that's a that's a virtuous. Uh... It's a true yes, but that's not it. <laughs> but that's a, no. that's a great concept, that's, of course. But no. that's
3: not the dogma. Yeah. But the Buddhists, I think, they have that too, though.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, of course, yes. Uh, it's it's generosity is is what it is. Generosity is the first step. Do you know what the last step on the path to wisdom is?
3: You oh, you said generosity was the first step. Mm-hmm.
2: What's the last step?
3: The last step. Let me think. Uh, the, the last to wisdom. Yeah, yeah. What um, is it? Surrender. Uh, no, you sound like you best. sound like
2: a Muslim now.
3: <laughs> no, no, but that's that's, okay. that's, a, that's a universal principle. Sure, sure, sure.
2: Yeah. the ego, of course, yes.
3: Uh, and there are Western traditions in Islam too, in the Sufis. Well,
2: the Sufis, yeah, I'll give them, I'll give them that, but yeah, Islam is no, not. No, no,
3: they're not worse. Yeah. Look, that's just cultural pollution. They're not worse. Right it's now, they're right
2: now, toxic ideology. Yes,
3: right now, they uh, first off, the Islam that people hear about and learn about has nothing to do with traditional Islam, and that's not making excuses. It's historical fact. The Islam that is taking over the world today is sponsored by the deep state, and it started uh, around 200 years ago. They took this crazy old guy, Wahhabi, from the desert, uh retarded, inbred uh, pedophile, and that Islam is taking more and more over. But Islam, just like Christianity, has a million different. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that's, we're talking crypto Judaism. I have to. Crypto Judaism, Wahhabis. Yeah. What's that?
2: Crypto-Judaism, with, as synonymous with the Wahhabi uh, tradition. Crypto-Judaism. Really? Judaism. Uh, well, okay, that's, but that's Ju- my understanding. Judaism,
3: yes. Judaism has also—Judaism isn't one thing. Islam uh, isn't, one right, right. Thing. Well, isn't one thing. Right, right. Well, of course. Christianity isn't one thing.
2: Buddhism, now, not back, one thing. They're all—yes, yes.
3: So if you go back a thousand years, you would want to be in an Islamic country rather than a Christian country. Because in the Christian world, they were crushing all the healthy uh, spiritual impulses within Christianity, like the Celtic church. I never got to say that, but that was founded by Jesus himself. So it's an old tradition. It is building also on Coptic uh, uh, spirituality. But that's another matter. Hold
2: on. I'm sorry. What, What was founded by Christ? What was that?
3: The Celtic Church. I tried to say oh, that. Oh, right,
2: yes, with the, the Joseph of Arimathea. That's when I brought well, up Glenn Kimball. Let's not, not forget. Joseph
3: of Arimathea, his father. But I, I think his name was well, no, Jacob. Joseph
2: was a very wealthy trader in tin and copper. That was the whole point. Yes. They were out sailing yes. back and forth yes. through to the UK. But that has and... nothing
3: to do with the story of how the Celtic Church came about. Joseph of Arimathea was traveling with Mary oh. after the crucifixion. But... Jesus, during those years between 12 and 30, went to Ireland, among else uh, other places, and there our church was founded, or a tradition, or what, whatever you want to call it, of the original Christianity, the same original Christianity that his brother James tried to maintain after uh, the crucifixion, but which was crushed by Paul, uh, or the liar. Asked, uh, bad man,
2: bad man.
3: Yeah, but anyway, back to Islam. So
2: well, we got to yeah, back won't... up and go finish with the path to wisdom. We gotta, let's not forget yeah. we're moving on. We get get, that, getting... But
3: let me just say what that, that because truth matters much more to me than dogmas within culture and who is popular to hate and thrown upon truth is never the enemy. If you need to uh, turn away from truth to make a point, your point is already lost. So my point is, if we look at truth, we see that, uh, let's say, 1,000 years ago, you would want to live in Islamic countries, even as a Buddhist, because they allowed that. They stimulated that. There have been enlightened periods in Islam. And what's my point? That Islam is good or better than Christianity? No, they are all Abrahamic religions. My point is that all the Abrahamic religions, be that Judaism, Christianity, Islam, or Baha'i, this hasn't happened to Baha'i yet, but all those four are excellent tools of suppression if you want to. Use it politically and like they do today in many Islamic countries and, uh, you know, pervert the whole notion. So uh, Abrahamic religions are the perfect invention. It's much harder. It's doable. It's totally doable. But it's much harder to use Buddhism or Hinduism or or, uh, Taoism or what have you as an excuse for suppression. It's easier with the Abrahamic religion. So Wait, when you know, has
0: when is,
2: when is Taoism, Taoism ever been used as a justification or basis for, for suppression and you know, crackdown and attack on people's human and civil rights? I don't I mean, think I'm so. just
3: saying you can do it with any. Uh, yeah, but, but, but the but Dharmic, so much,
2: but you see, you've made a really important point there because the Dharmic tradition, Taoism, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism you don't find much in that uh, from that end of things as compared to the angry god the monotheistic uh semitic exactly. god of the desert this this uh, demiurge is what the exactly. gnostics uh how they see so that's things that's my point
3: but despite that there are healthy streams currents within Judaism, Christianity, and Islam in terms of spirituality, you can use it as a vehicle to reach enlightenment. It's just not that easy, as easy as some of the more ancient traditions. That's my whole point. And then we, we are back to uh, the callback, as you say. Yeah, yeah, the callback, exactly. Easter.
2: That's right. Yeah, so with the first step on the path to wisdom is generosity. Uh, what then would the final step be? Uh, Oh, we
3: never we never addressed that, did we? Okay, that's um, right. Yeah. Let me think. So, suffering uh, after suffering comes.
2: That's the first noble truth. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I love this question. Um,
2: Change is central to the Buddhist tradition too. Change, everything's changing, always changing, constantly. Nothing, nothing's. Okay,
3: okay. Changing. I need too much time to crack this. Yeah, yeah. I'll you just know.
2: I'll be generous and give it to you then. How about that? <laughs>
3: it's, yes,
2: uh, the, so the first step on the path to wisdom it's it's generosity yeah. the final step is wisdom itself
3: oh okay I thought it was a step to wisdom no of it's wisdom it's the, it's wisdom. It's, it's the yeah, end it's
2: the wisdom That's itself it.
3: yes, so but, and, and Jesus by the way was initiated into uh, Pythagorean uh, he was in, initiated into two traditions which you won't hear much uh, from the church about. One is now known. It's a Gnostic sect called the...
2: Essenes.
3: Essenes. But the other one is the Terra
2: that's right and do you know what do you know what yeah. tara means I, I, was gonna, I was gonna bring this up yeah. with you this is critical mm-hmm. do you know what it means yeah. we had a monk i didn't finish my point earlier i like to because we're talking about po- cross-pollinating i'd like to have him come on your show if he's interested i think it'd, it'd
3: be, a monk. it'd
2: be yeah yeah he's in the burmese tradition he's american he grew up in in uh Reverend Jim, help me help us with this again. The what was Kurt Cobain's hometown? What was the name that uh bloody hell come again?
3: Seattle, no,
2: no, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, see, there we thank you very much. Aberdeen. So he grew up in uh, Cobain's hometown, quite a story, amazing uh journey. He's back in the states now, uh, in the southern California region, uh, living at a, a, a Burmese-styled monastery of, of sorts from what I understand. He's he's a lot of fun. Great guy. Very active on Minds.com as well, too. His name is Panyabasa Bhikkhu, uh, uh, Maha Tara. Tara just means elder, Maha meaning great. My question for them, though, I never got to the bottom of this, is that if Buddhism originated in the northern region like Lumbini, for example, I think was where the Buddha, Sakyamuni, Shokya, they call him here, uh, part of the Sogya, Sogya clan, which it's interesting because this prince in Japan, I'm trying to make all these these connections here. Believe me, there it's there's something going on, a deep undercurrent that I've been fascinated with since uh, for quite some time, trying to get a handle on what I can pick up on the esoteric end of things worldwide. That uh, the prince was Shotoku, Shotoku in Japan, who came, his family originated, uh, at least one of the places where they called home was not too far from where we actually are situated presently. I can see this location. Uh, it's uh, now a museum and there's a big uh, mountain area and uh, former, like the monks were in abundance back in the day around the well 6th century, 5th, 6th century. They were driven out during a time of conflict around, let's say, the seventh century, and then uh, re- relocated uh, a number of miles west of where we are currently. And uh, then again, were were uh, attacked, confronted. Uh, uh, you know, not too long after that, they'd settled in once again and made them found themselves on the run. Same kind of deal repeated itself once again. And then finally they ended up going to where of all places? Japan. And this is where Prince Shotoku enters the picture. He was their descendant, their bloodline, their lineage. Oh, These are the Sokya, the Sokya people. How you doing? Jim, you for, I guess this is one of those un unforgetting to, to mute situations. So, <laughs> sorry about that, dude. It's 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 funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's hilarious as all hell because usually you're just you're just giving somebody a shout out. So, but uh there
3: we go. Yeah, I was thinking it was weird. He was acclimating this uh, Japanese dude you were talking about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, dude, it's uh, serendipitous there for sure. So, but that's enough of that. Uh Just something I find quite interesting. The business with Christ is that on top of that, of what you've laid out, the Celtic church is a presence in India, potentially let's not forget that Thomas besides Syria, that Thomas, one of the churches that he founded was on the West coast of India. That was one of the first churches that were founded, but it's also a long story and a legend of, of, uh, of history, you know, past, of course, long during the time of Christ that he visited Japan Believe it or not, and I don't know much about that, that. one.
3: I haven't heard. I oh, know yeah. he's buried in Kashmir, but right, uh, correct. Or, or you mean Thomas visited Japan?
2: No, Christ.
3: Christ yeah, well, Jesus. Uh, That's how the story well, okay, goes? Well, I haven't heard that. But yeah. therapeutics. I bet uh, you are going to make a connection to. Oh the yeah, the therapeutics.
2: Of but, course, but, they're but, the but, elder but, healers.
3: But, but etymologically, it, it comes from Greek "therapoein," which means to cure. To take care of, to do service. Now you could argue that the Greek root word "therapeutic" is somehow uh, connected to the word "terra" uh, in the East, elder. Like, uh, yeah, that, so that's possible. But I take another approach to this than what you do, because you tend to think everything comes from Buddhism. I have no, I, no, no, no,
2: no, I don't. I'm looking at the time frame and where <laughs> where it arises. You know, the yeah, but history, but here's the thing: history, what
3: people things. miss is that. If you look at all the ancient spiritual traditions, including those who are not very organized, like shamanism, you will find a similarity in essence, like the Mayans and Egyptians, almost identical. And so the thing is, it's because they all have a common root. At least that's one of the potential explanations, you know, an antediluvian pre-ice age civilization, That's it's the memory of that. But even disregarding that historic and more physical aspect of it, you will notice that whatever vehicle you use to ascend to the mountaintop, I don't care if you start in the north of the mountain, in the south of the mountain, in the east or in the west, eventually, you know, in the beginning, there's a million paths up. Just on the north side, there will be a million paths up. But the higher you ascend, the more the paths are dwindling down. And eventually, right before you are completely enlightened at the top of the mountain, straight under the sun, uh, eventually there will be only four paths. And uh, at the end, there is no more paths. There, Everything is one. And that's why there are so many similarities in the real genuine wisdom traditions, be that Buddhism of some sort or within other uh, religions, uh, different ways. And that's why they could recognize each other. You know, uh, uh, to initiate, enlightened initiates, they can sit on a plane. They don't even have to exchange words and they will communicate and recognize each other. And that's what happened also, you know, the Silk Road that you're fond of uh, 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 enlighten us about. It was the same thing there. They were sending people back and forth. Yes, there were Buddhists in the Middle East. There were uh, Christians in the East. There were, you know, everybody went all over the place. Unlike what we learn today, we learn that everyone was isolated. Just the fact that Jesus went to Ireland is a concept that many can't swallow. But the fact is, even though it took time to travel back in the day, they did travel. It's just that it took more. Just like Pythagoras, he was everywhere, too even in India. And so you have the situation where they didn't care. They didn't walk around back then saying, are you a Christian? Are you a Buddhist? They didn't use those notions. They were just concerned about wisdom, enlightenment, and whatever path you could get to get there, they accepted. That's why, especially you see it in the East today, you see many traditions that are very similar, like the Jainism has elements from different religions, Weird thing where they have both, uh, for example, Islamic impulses and Buddhist impulses and Hindu impulses. Yes, that's how it worked. Oh, it's your technique. I'm meeting you. You're from another country. Oh, your technique has something that mine is missing. Let me hurry to I- integrate that because it helps me and uh, to get the, to the goal. That was what they were concerned about. Not this exoteric study of labeling. Oh, you're this. You're that that's the that's the ignorant that's the fool's approach they were watching things from the inside and so you could have buddhists and in this case we're talking about christians you know original spiritual questions not the degenerated you know the church of rome the church of polus the church uh, the peter church not that stuff but the real uh, wisdom seekers yes they could use that gnostics whatever they weren't concerned about labels and the labeling is something we're putting on them uh, afterwards. Take Jesus himself, for example. He didn't call himself a Christian. <laughs> How could he? <laughs> if he is Christ, then uh, he's the first one, right? So, And Buddha didn't call himself a Buddhist. And so what did Jesus do that Buddha also did? I would uh, actually, I should call them Jesus and Siddhartha. That's the names, uh, or I could call them Buddha and Christ, which are the titles. But what did they did? What did they do that they had in common? Well, they were moving around, seeking all the spiritual impulses they had access to. Pythagoras did the same. Lao Tse did the same. That's what all these guys did. You know, today we say Hinduism as if that's a religion. That's not a religion. It's an umbrella terminology. For different ancient traditions, some of them are completely in contrast with each other. It's just an umbrella terminology for what has survived of the old stuff. Just like in Europe, the Norse tradition and the Greek uh, gods, you know, they were just different variations of the same quote-unquote Hinduism, if you like. We just call it Hinduism because it's uh, in India. But it's the same thing. It's paganism. All of that is paganism. How could they get the Norwegians who were into Tor and Odin to suddenly be into Christ? By the sword, as we've learned in school? No, that's wrong. There is a book out there. I'm going to interview the author, but I recommend it for everyone. It's called The Serpent, um, Serpent King or Serpent Viking. He proves that the first Christians in Scandinavia were actually initiates of the Celtic church and had nothing to do with this word. It was precisely because when the initiates from the Celtic initiates came here and exchanged impulses with the locals, they saw it was the same goddamn thing. It was the same thing. And by then the Norse had degenerated somewhat. So it was very easy to get them on board into sacred geometry, and uh, the Templars were very early on also up here. So, you know, I'm ranting and raving, and I wish I had enough time to go into depths, but I'm just trying to make people understand what you've learned in school is wrong on two levels. One, there's so much factual errors, and second, it's an error of understanding. They're looking at it exoterically, meaning from the outside in. They're looking at labels, they're looking at, stuff that's invented in aftermath and which is really not getting the inner understanding of things. But once you have an esoteric perspective on things and you see the inner, you see it from the inside and out, it all falls back to place. So Jesus himself, was he initiated into a Buddhist a Buddhist, Buddhistic tradition? Maybe, maybe not. But he was certainly initiated into a Pythagorean tradition, which is... The therapeutics And one of the most important uh, dogmas, or I should say, uh, not dogmas, but uh, uh, principles of the Pythagoreans was that they were not a religion, that they should worship in any shape and form, depending on where they were. You know, when in Rome, do as the Romans. That's why so many Sufi traditions are based on Pythagoreanism. That's why the Druids are also a, a descendant of the Pythagoreans. In fact, they spread all over the world, and when they visited a shrine or something like that, they completely adopted to it, because they recognized, okay, these are light seekers, these are wisdom seekers, let me use their creation, because it's already there. They didn't come and, you know, tear it down and put up their own. <laughs> when, when that happens, we're not dealing with spirituality anymore, we're dealing with politics and power. Okay. Which happened church was degenerated.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way things definitely tend to go. Anytime there's a founding of a, of a religion of any kind, uh, Scientology, I guess, is a modern-day example, maybe not the best one, but uh, Christianity yeah, is... No, no, no. It's a good Buddhism. example.
3: It's a, it's a fucked-up deep state tool, to be sure, but even that guy, Hubbard, didn't come in a vacuum. He... Lifted stuff from different... Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: oh, big time. Mm-hmm.
3: Rosicrucians, right. OTO. Yeah.
2: And and Buddhists. And, and the
3: same way the, the, the Mormons. Well, you know,
2: the, yeah, Freemasons. They're crypto-Freemasons. Yeah, crypto
3: the and Templars and others. Uh-huh. So, you know, nothing is new under the sun and nothing is created in a vacuum. And Jesus would certainly, if he encountered, which he did because he went to Kashmir... When he encountered initiates of the Eastern traditions, he would certainly identify with them and worship with them. Holger and yes,
2: Holger Kirsten, if you can't yes. get your hands on the book, I don't know. I, was, I think I might have lent my copy out, and it's now gone. But Holger Kirsten, uh, Jesus in India. You know, we've got we don't have much time here, actually, okay. uh, Al, because uh, looking at the clock, we've we've run for three and a half hours now, approximately. We're working on uh, unleashing the uh, the booty chest here, as it were, over on D Live. So that's uh, that's a,
3: that's a good. I'm doing six hours. Three hours is nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Under well, six. we're gonna have a it's one hour show. after
2: show if if you're gonna stick around, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of um, a lot of great things to to follow up on here. Free flowing conversation, of course. The uh, uh, you know a lot uh, in the way of the callback as well too, because we really have covered a lot of ground and uh, i think it's important to to revisit and to uh just to cl- for clarification's sake is is a, is a good part of it and